0: Well before this And punk rock
1: was stupid Anyway I mean I mean, Punk in the 70s Was fucking dumb It really was well, I mean outside of the Clash I mean And the Misfits I mean Punk kind of sucked well, In the 70s The Velvet Underground Was punk And they were fantastic Well oh, the Velvet Underground Were kind of garbage For the most part They had like one good record Jesus fucking but, Christ um, Your mouth just says Things that are just So <laughs> stupid
0: Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Hey,
1: hey, oh, hey, hey, hey Child over here. <laughs> uh, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we get into a different album, we break it down, uh, we find out you know all the little secrets we can about it, and we let you in on it. Uh, so while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, uh, give us five stars on there. Um, you know all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. Let us know, we'll send you the link. And uh, we have a phone number. You can call. You can leave us a voicemail. Send us a text. The phone number for that is 503-893-5307, so get into that. And uh, yeah, with that being said and done, uh, what the fuck are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing the soundtrack to the Rocky Horror Picture Shows. Yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into our, uh, <laughs> our our initial thoughts on this, our or- actually our origin story and our initial thoughts. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. My my origin
0: story with this is just coming from drama in high school. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people talked about the Rocky Horror Picture Show and how great it was and it was so fantastic. I was okay, so like I watched this in high school, I and mean, that's that's mm. that's where it came from. I mean, it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. Like the, the movie itself is good. It's it's not great. It's not bad. I think it's good. The music I think is better than the movie. But, like, the lore and, and the cult following and everything else about it, I think, is what makes it great. But, I mean, come on. Honestly, the movie's okay. Like, besides Meatloaf, who I love now, and then Tim Curry,
1: <laughs> everyone else is, eh, all right. I mean, yeah, Tim Curry is, I mean, easily the best part of this, without a doubt. He's untouchable, honestly. Yeah. Uh, my, my origin story, <clears throat> I remember, actually, the first time I watched this, I was in eighth grade and some friends of the pod they were they were a year older than us so they were in they were in drama in high school they were cool freshmen in high school and they were doing I remember they were doing a the musical um what is it little shop of horrors that's what they were doing and I remember we watched it or I went I went to go watch my friends perform at their 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 musical at the high school and then after the after that we went back to our friend's house and then we watched this me this we watched rocky war picture show and that was the first time i ever saw it and i i remember for like the next 2 years i i'd probably seen this movie maybe 30 40 times like it was a lot we used to watch this movie a lot um but yeah that's my origin story drama i guess for in a drama class that i wasn't in but drama that was my yeah thing. drama drama yeah. my theater drama whatever you want to call it whatever you kids call it nowadays but uh but yeah my initial thoughts i agree with you on this uh the movie's not that great it's the music sets it apart the weird costumes the the content itself is very edgy even even in today's standards it's kind of it's kind of edgy you don't see a lot of stuff like this even nowadays so i get that but overall it's not not that great of a story not that great of a movie but whatever, it was, it was very bootleg, it was very done, it was done in a very bootleg way too, which I, th- I had no idea, like, they had to like reuse a bunch of costumes, and it was, yeah, it was, it was weird, and considering how much money it's made to this day is insane to me. Yeah, there's but, a, lot of, a lot of things I didn't know until this week,
0: and yeah, uh, right. one, I didn't know that it was a play in England first before it was a play over here in America. Yeah, yeah. So, Plain England movie, Plain America is kind of like the timeline it went it went down, and I know <laughs> yeah. the England one existed before the American version existed. Um, but otherwise, I also I, 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 so many different things I've read about this week. But I, I like I like the way it's written. I, I think it's written in a in a a purposely cheesy way to like pay homage to these these horror B movies. And it's it's silly and it's fun and all these these sci-fi things going on, but it's a play. It's a play that was that was adapted to a movie, and the movie doesn't do it quite justice. Because, yeah, yeah. like, I watched several. I, I've never seen the play live. I've I've I really really want to, but watching some stuff on YouTube like fixed camera stuff, man, it's it's a really 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 good play, and I don't. I don't really care for the movie all that much. I own on the DVDs, and I have actually the the, the vinyl that I have too. I, I found out this week that it's the Broadway performance. It's not the movie or the English performance. Oh. It's the Broadway performance, <laughs> which is it, uh-huh. it, it's the exact same as the movie. It's just there's two songs that are either omitted or that are omitted <laughs> that are <laughs> that are on it. What's the opposite of omitted? I guess added you could just say added i i'm gonna say omitted. there are two songs that are either <laughs> omitted or omitted. that's that's the only difference i can't remember which one it okay. was um but yeah <laughs> I, I
1: i just said i didn't know that that it was a an english play first yeah i didn't know that either but it makes sense when everybody on the cast is english except for three of the people you know yeah everybody else british but and that was kind of I, I read that I read something that was interesting too. The the person who I forgot her name, but whoever designed the costumes, she had never been to America, so she kind of, and she was like, she was kind of weird about it, and she just kind of generalized what she thought Americans looked like, and that's what she based the clothes off of for Jan and um, for Janet and uh, what's his name Brad Brad, yeah, and just asshole this, and slut, and, <laughs> and I mean she kind of nailed it, but. Yeah, I thought that was it was it was a weird thing. Like she kind of guessed, and she had, apparently she claims that she had never seen a sci-fi movie, so all the the space age costumes were all just her own thought. And I thought, come on, dude, really? Like you've never seen anything that can inspire you? Like you never seen any sort of sci-fi or pictures or anything like that? That was lame. Yeah, there's there's I mean, a little the, pretentious.
0: This this is a play that came out in the early '70s. And then they made a movie about it in the mid-70s, and it did shit. Nobody liked it. Nobody knew what the fuck was happening. Nobody watched it. And they pulled it from theaters because nobody was going, and theaters were empty. There was nobody there. And then just by like the grace of God, they started trickling out onto midnight showings, and it just got picked up randomly just by the freaks, the geeks,
1: and the romantics. Really. <laughs> they, they, I, they. I mean, it, it makes sense why it didn't get picked up. I mean, it's... I mean, for nineteen seventy five, this is like very I mean, it's extremely edgy. The content is pretty wild. I for me you're right. Even even like you said it already, it's still
0: pretty aggressive. Like even by today's standards. It's you're watching you're like, wow, this is like if they made a movie that was like this now, like nobody would watch it. People would fucking hate it. People would pretend to like it, but it wouldn't last. It would just be novelty at best. But it would it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't withstand what 50 years that it has like it still plays in theaters i've seen this in theaters twice and both yeah i've seen i've seen it in theaters yeah yeah yeah. both times it was the first time i saw in theaters i didn't know that people interact the way they do i thought they i knew they dressed up but i know people do other things in the theater they,
1: they reenact the entire fucking movie
0: they get out of their fucking chairs and they stand beneath the 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 screen and they they act out the movie Mm-hmm. And that's commonplace, and that's fine, and then that's encouraged. But then, like, there are little other things too. Whenever somebody says the word Brad, you're supposed to yell asshole. And whenever someone yells the word or <laughs> says the word Janet, you yell slut. And so, like, I'm watching this, and they're you know they say oh Brad and he's asshole. I'm like why the fuck is everybody yelling? And they go Janet <laughs> slut. I'm like why what is why, why are you talking? Why are you yell why are you yelling at me? <laughs> so like all those things are cool. And like and like you also throw food and shit, and there's all these other little yeah. things that you do, and obviously like nowadays you can't be throwing shit at a theater that's disgusting, but it's like that part of this is really cool, and i like I like that people are so invested in something that they don't even know the origins to them anymore. It's just become a thing it's it's become this this blob, this entity to where we don't even know how it happened, why it happened, but it's been happening for so long that we just keep doing it because it's fun and it's ours. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why this is consistently played in theaters for 50 plus years is because it's ours, not me specifically, but this, anybody that's ever felt like left out or alone or like a, a dork or a freak or anybody that's ever felt like just left out of any kind of social group, you can always come to the Rocky Horror Picture Show and feel welcome.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's Much like true.
0: all those stupid bands you like, those mindless self Wednesday Fourteens, <laughs> like all those people, they—that's why they like that type of music. <laughs> you're it's, the worst. It's because there's no judgments it's the when fucking you. Worst. Yeah, there's no judgments <laughs> when you go to there. Because like that type of music's already bad, so it can't no, get any worse. It's not. So you go to those shows to feel to feel safe to feel welcome. yeah your mindless Fourteens and Corns and everything—it's
1: <laughs> all the same. The fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Uh, what was I gonna? I forgot what I was gonna say. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, Ah. What? Ah. (laughs) This is gonna be a tough one for us because we've never really done a soundtrack like this, and also we're gonna try our best. We're gonna try our best. Um, The song we played is
0: fantastic. Like there are songs on here that are fucking fantastic. That are so good. Some
1: really amazing songs. Like the
0: Time Warp. That is such a banger of a song. It's such a good song. It's a good hard rock and roll song.
1: A lot of these songs are
0: based out of like 50s rock and roll. Like they're very much of that era, just with like a tinge to them. But there's no, there's no, there's no like sexuality tinge to the music as there is in obviously the performance. And so that's where I think like the cool contrast comes in is you get this hyper aggressive sexuality visually, but then the music is still kind of lighthearted 50s rock and roll. But then then the lyrics, like the lyrics kind of go right
1: in the middle of them. And I love that. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, like, the, except for the song, like, you know, the the Touch Me song, you know, yeah. that, that Janet sings. I mean, that's like the only song that has, I don't even want, like it has vulgar lyrics, but I don't even want to call them vulgar. But outside of that, I totally agree with you. I mean, the, the music is, is kind of separate from the actual performance. So uh, I'm with you on that. I, dude, I had like so many things on my mind, but now I can't even... I lost a, my train of thought. There
0: was an actual band that played with these with the like for this movie and for like the, the, the songs, right? There was a band yeah, that recorded yeah. and, and the drummer is the only person that I that I know who was from a band that I recognized, and that's Procol Harum, who was like a a, oh, yeah. a prog band that I kind of briefly got into when we did the vinyl thing and I was like, okay, cool. Like that's a band that I can recognize as being very influential. People love them. And some of their early records go for a lot of money. So that was cool. I dug that. I, but I'm also glad that it's not like a, a super group band made up of of like John Anderson from Yes on vocals and Chris Squire and then all yeah. these other guys, Robert Fripps on here. Like, I like that it's just a That's bunch what of guys. That's insane. It, it's kind I of like, like that.
1: A, the whole movie was kind of like a bootleg thing. Yeah. Like, it's something that should have never been made. And and then kind of hearing how after this movie came out, uh, what is his name? Richard O'Brien? Yeah, Richard O'Brien, the guy pretty, who pretty much created this, who is, plays riffraff in the movie he had, he's tried to make sequels over the, ever since this movie came out but nothing has ever gone through everything's fallen through every single time and it it's kind of a shame like i kind of wonder what like a proper sequel sequel would have looked like but it's, i don't know
0: it's kind of like the boondock saints curse right like the boondock saints, yeah, saints yeah, 2 oh, came true, out yeah. like own, it was fine but calling no, it, it the Boondocks no like on it its own bad, it was if it was no, it if was it was, was bad, just called dude. anything else it was a ugh.
1: dude it was bad when was the last time you watched it
0: I watched it a couple years ago like when no, you, you guys watched
1: not. it no you did not if you did then you would you would not be saying it's it silly. it's silly not good dude it's fucking stupid
0: but like calling it a Boondock saints sequel is is what did it the most harm
1: uh, I don't know eh. It's fine. So you, so you've never you've never seen this uh on stage before? No, I would I would I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Okay, cuz I saw it I've seen it twice on stage. Uh but it was like a local theater thing. And uh actually friend of the pod Chris was in it. He was in the musical and uh Chris played uh Rocky in the show. He would play Rocky. And I could see him as Rocky. Yeah, he played Rocky. I mean, yeah. So he, it was cool too because Uh, They had a live band play with them. It wasn't pre-recorded music. They had they had a guitar. I think they had no. They had one guitarist, a bass player, and a drummer, and then they played all the music while the cast sang, and that was really cool too. It was funny seeing. It was funny hearing Chris sing because I'd never heard him sing before. So you know, being friends with him since we were six years old, never heard him sing before. So that was funny. Which is funny
0: because the the actor that played Rocky didn't sing or speak his own roles or his own lines.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. All dubbed. (laughs) Like the only person in the movie, <laughs> yeah. Literally just got but him that, for his looks. But that was that was the um, that was the only time I've seen it in a live performance at a local theater, which was cool. I mean, they you could, I mean they worked really hard on the production too, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we kind of got the introductions here, a little bit of backstory on the on the movie and stuff. Um, let's just jump into "Time Warp. I mean, we kind of we kind of did talk about it, but this is my favorite song on the whole record as well, and. Um, I, I like at the end of the movie. There's the instrumental version of the song, and the instrumental version is really fucking. It's not. It, it gives an entire entirely different feel to the song without the vocals on it. It's really. It's a really well crafted song. Very well crafted. I think. That, I think this is like one of
0: three or four songs throughout the whole thing that I think is a good song. If you just took it out of this production.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah, just maybe absolutely. just three of them.
0: But yeah, God, dude. But like. The vocal part in the beginning like that that's that's uh, Richard O'Brien Riffraff mm-hmm. it's so cool it's just it's it so <laughs> cool I love the way he sounds I love the way he presents the words the way he says astounding is just I don't know it's so cool it gives me it gives, it gives me like the goosebumps I love it
1: it's so good I don't even think he's that great of a singer either but it's perfect for this song and for this movie this production. It's so good it's it's really good yeah it is and like again <laughs> just yeah it's you're constantly moving the, the song's constantly moving and and it's just, you're constantly excited and then once it hits that chorus it's it's a chorus of people singing like a falsetto but then when you listen to it without it like i was saying it's like this big crunchy like power chord guitars but when when you hear it in the whole mix that gets buried with all the vocals yeah, which sucks. But when you hear that instrumental, it's a play. It's, it's and, a it, totally different it has feel. to
0: be, and it's it's annoying, but it has to be. Yeah, but it's, like it's really red. So so, f- first off, this song sounds so much like it reminds me so much of "Stay with Me" by Faces, the by uh, the Rod Stewart band before he was like Rod Stewart. And if mm-hmm. you've heard "Stay with Me," God, dude, they, they, these two songs remind me so much of each other, so really? much that I I even like googled like. Time Warp sounds like Stay with Me, and I've only found one other deep like Reddit thread that somebody made the comparison to. But I swear to you, they are very, very similar, just in tone when and sound. When did that sound. Rod Stewart come out? Or that, that was uh, were- that, that was out. that was like seventy seventy one. Okay, so it was prior to this. I brought Faces to the pod once. I think, dude, Rod Stewart is a guy that I I think is really really cool, and I really got to get into him because I like everything that he does, even though he's kind of a goof but yeah definitely. that 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 band faces i think that's their first album stay with or um i think it's just called faces maybe but it's a it's a killer album but yeah it sounds a lot like this okay. which is good and this song is like the the original casper slide like you telling somebody how to dance like this is the og casper slide <laughs> yeah right
1: it's just a jump to the left and you know i like how just how the music just complete everything stops, and it's it's the the criminologist.
0: Yeah, b- fucking <laughs> Blowfield is telling us how to date. I know that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> Blowfield. <laughs> <from> <laughs> Diamonds are forever. We got a villain Jesus telling Christ. us what to
1: do. Oh, he! But he also he also plays a different character in *You Only Live Twice*. He plays. Uh, do you remember in that? Does he, he play three different characters in the James Bond series, or just two? No, just the two. He plays in *In You Only Live Twice* in 1967. He plays uh, like the the informant in in Japan and he ends up getting killed. He gets stabbed in the back through the paper wall. I remember and the part. I don't remember
0: him being... It was him. Was that before the, 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 the thing went up and
1: then they shot Bond through the bed? No. oh, That was the same movie but that was the... When Bond gets shot through the bed that was the beginning of that movie because that's mm. when he dies. You know, you only live twice. Yeah. That's when he dies and, and then when he meets that informant... No, he's not even an informant. He's just like somebody who works for the for the british government but he li- he's lived in japan for like 20 years he says and he just he's like absorbed the japanese lifestyle and then he dies like three minutes later but then in f- three years later in 1971 he plays blofeld the main villain in diamonds are forever which is so weird like <laughs> using the same actor five years apart in the same movie franchise is weird it's silly but yeah very silly. But yeah, no, That he plays, the, he plays the criminologist in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did you see that the, so bizarre.
0: that the original person, they wanted to do that, and the person said, yes, I want to do it, but scheduling just didn't happen, was Vincent Price. Was it really? Yeah. Vincent, I didn't read that. No. They offered it to Vincent Price. Vincent Price says, yep, I'll do it. And then it was just scheduling mishap, and he probably wasn't very committed to it, and he's like, eh, it's not going to work out. But fuck, man. <laughs> imagine Vincent Price in that role. Oof. That would have been so
1: cool. Like, Oof. I love, I love what what happened, like what it became. But Vincent Price would have just been so weird. He's untouchable. So like, come on, he's yeah, he's unreal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had no, I had no idea. Dude, and there's they, a lot of people that were
0: supposed to be in this, in this, or that got offered the job or, or whatever.
1: So I, I don't know if you saw this. You probably did, but the in 2015 or 2016 when they when they redid it for like the the musical for TV, but they did like the stage performance. You know. Yeah. And Tim Curry came back but didn't play Dr. Frankenfurter. He played that criminologist. Yeah. In the stage version. That was, I thought that was pretty cool for yeah, him to come back. That's awesome okay. because cause you're like
0: passing the – because this is, this is not Tim Curry's thing. Tim Curry just fucking owned it. But like it's mm-hmm. cool to see him be able to pass the torch. And I'll get into some cool Tim Curry stories later. But it's cool to see him like pass the torch but still be involved. Yeah. Because yeah. like you can't come on, you can't do a fucking remake of Rocky Horror without Tim Curry. It's <laughs> With, <laughs> silly boy talk. <laughs> silly no. boy talk.
1: It's it's amazing how how iconic that character is and just how much better he is than everybody else. Not everybody not to say else. like some of them were bad, but I mean he just outshines everybody in every scene. The it's only remarkable.
0: The only person that I think like holds a candle that's even close to Tim Curry's meatloaf.
1: Really? I think Susan yeah. Sarandon did a really good job too.
0: Yeah, Susan Sarandon. I really think she did a good job. She wasn't supposed to be there. She was visiting she was visiting Tim Curry. Like she they were friends. She was visiting Tim Curry. And they're like, Hey, you should just like uh you should like audition for this. And she's like, Nah, I don't sing. And then Richard Bryan was like, I, everybody sings. Like, can you sing happy birthday? And she's like, Yeah, can you sing happy birthday? He said, Sing Happy Birthday. So she sang
1: it. And he's like, Yeah, that was fine. You should just be in this play. <laughs> and she's like, Okay. And that was it. I mean, I guess anybody could be better than Richard O'Brien. I mean, like I said, it, his singing isn't bad, but it's not that great. So as long as you could be better than him, I, I think you're you're pretty solid on this cast. Susan Sarandon and whoever played Brad are they're Very not they're way. not
0: bad. They're not bad, but like they're for sure throwaway actors. They're only there to just drive the plot forward. That is yeah. it. They're not they're not yeah. the stars of the of the show. In well, any I know way. they're
1: not the stars of it, but I felt like I still felt like her yeah. her presentation was or her acting was i thought it was really good i thought tim curry and her were the best parts of this movie i did i read a lot of like fucking just really stupid things and i
0: guess i guess like like uh whoever directed uh, lou adler and and you produced it and then uh o'brien were both kind of upset with susan sarandon because she wouldn't get naked even though oh. she had done it before like, she had done yeah. it beforehand, and they're like, why won't you just get
1: naked? And I was like, why would you even, that's like, get so fucking pervy. mad at that? It's so pervy. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's the 70s, so it was a very different time. I understand that. But damn, dude, that's that's fucking weird. But to, like, say, hey, will you get naked? No, nah, I don't want to do it. Oh, but you did it before. Like, what? You, what? <laughs>
0: how is that, like, how does that make any sense? How is that okay? Yeah, so
1: stupid. That's, that's fucking weird. Good stuffs. Funny ah, stuffs. Great stuffs. Great stuff. All right. Uh we got anything else on Time Warp? What do you think? Uh
0: no, Time Warp, uh well, oh yeah, then after I mean just real quick too, because I didn't I didn't know what it was, but after Time Warp kind of like it's ending or it's ended, Brad um he asks in a really stupid way, like does Zoomy know how to Madison? And I was like, What the fuck <laughs> is Madison? And I looked it up and Madison <laughs> is just like this stupid fucking dumb line dance from like the fifties <laughs> yeah. that you know what I mean, Like people would do yeah, like it, arm's length. You remember what he so says square. It? Yeah, oh, no, I love. So that's always
1: been one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Do you mean what a Madison? <laughs> what the fuck? is it's Madison? like it's the squarest thing that you could possibly say. Yeah, like <laughs> the most generic vanilla thing you could say after that huge production of everybody dancing, and oh my gosh! And they, in in time warp, there, there's a part like at the beginning when they're going through the entryway, and riffraff he he, like, he puts his arms up like on the side of the wall and he does that like leg kick thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know what it yes. is, but the first time I saw the movie until today when I watched it again for probably the 50th time, I laughed just as hard as I did that first time I saw it because it's so stupid. It looks so dumb. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I, I, I think it's, oh my God, it's so hilarious. His character makes no fucking
0: sense. He has this yeah. massive like hunch on his back. And it goes Which away and it comes in <laughs> and it's just like, it, it, it only like affects him sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It only affects him like when, it, when he feels like it. And then he like puts his arms up in a way that there's no fucking, there's no physically way possible for you to lift your arms like that with that type of hunch on your back. And it's just like, then why oh. even have the hunch? But like that's- It's
1: so bootleg. That's what makes it, it so
0: it. bootleg and so good.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I totally agree.
0: But I think I think totally all these little agree. nuances were not intentional. I think like that thing they made him as as a hunchback to make him look like oh, this, they can look, you know, sci-fi B movie style.
1: Well, he's supposed to look like Igor from Frankenstein movies. Yeah, but that like, was that was the thing.
0: But shitty. Because yeah, they well, they yeah, they even yeah. brought like like uh brighter Frankenstein at the very end with her little uh, yeah, with lightning bolts in her hair.
1: Yeah. Well, even that, but not only that, but there were they because the they were so under budget or they didn't have enough money. They had to use old props from old movies from the fifties and stuff. And one of the big props that they used was the, the, the container, the container that Rocky comes in when Rocky is technically born when he's in the water, that glass container, that glass container that was from um, the son. I think of the son of Frankenstein, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from that particular movie. And that was just like one of the big props that they reused for this movie. But there were a bunch of things um, like even the house, that that huge estate that castle that they use was has been used countless times in various b movies and and all kinds of shit throughout the years so you can visit the house too even still today i know it's pretty crazy right i would love to go visit it i would too not even for the rocky horror shit just to visit something that old
0: do you do you like dress up when you go i mean i don't know if you still do but like do you, did you dress up when you go to see the rocky horror uh, picture show
1: no, no, I've only I've only seen it. I've only seen it once in theaters. Yeah. I didn't. No, I'm not gonna. I didn't dress up. I, I but, saw.
0: I saw it twice. I would still go. Like I, 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 they used to play it around Halloween time. A lot of the theaters out here, and I, I'd still yeah. like going, but I would never dress up. I'm too old for that shit. And the way
1: some of these people dress up, I mean,
0: they look exactly like the characters. They take a lot of time. That I think that's my biggest problem. Is I don't want to, have to put any any effort into anything. I barely get <laughs> dressed true. in the morning.
1: I, I, don't, I don't want to dress up. I mean, I mean, look at last weekend, the wedding.
0: I'm still complaining about how much fucking work it was. <laughs> being invited to go to a
1: party <laughs> that you did not dress up for,
0: dude. but Remember getting? Oh my god, that fucking beard that we had in the Uber home that was so annoying. Oh yeah, I don't right. want
1: to get into it. It's just gonna make me mad. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it on a later episode because it's irrelevant right now. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So we were talking about okay, the the house, the castle, yeah, that itself. I mean, that thing is just, I think it was built in the 1860s. I think that's what it said. And uh, I mean, that, that house is amazing. It is so cool. That, that first shot of it, it's just, it's it's so
0: big and it's cool looking. And then they pans over to when they're knocking on the door and that goes up and it shows um, riffraff. What's the guy's name? O'Brien, Murphy, Richard O'Brien, Richard Richard (laughs) O'Brien, 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 and Murphy from (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) And it shows; it pans up to him, like even that's like a really cool shot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like the props-wise, stage-wise, costume-wise, everything's top-notch. I also read too, like talking about you mentioned earlier, but um, costumes and makeup. But one of the persons, one of the persons, one of the people. one of the one of the persons that was involved with like the makeup and the styling was uh was david Bowie's old stylist like yeah, from yeah. from like the the early seventies late sixties and and the person that that essentially invented the style for frankenfurter for for Tim Curry, was like that was david Bowie's stylist that's cool oh, because it- because David Bowie is such an iconic character. And I call him a character cuz I've never listened to his music, so I don't call him a musician yet. But he's <laughs> such a character, and I think it's cool to see that kind of that correlation between like m- fucking in the uh, historic rock star to budget shit plays like this. <laughs> and to see like I mean, all the he people really behind, was,
1: the, behind the scenes. He was a character. I mean that's what Ziggy Stardust was. I mean that was straight up a character. More about that. It was more about the character and the story than it was the music itself. I I think, but I I mean I'm I, not a Bowie I, fan at all. I know. So. I
0: Neither am mine We've never done Bowie in the pod. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to call him a musician yet because I don't know what he wrote. I don't know how much of it he wrote. I don't know what he came up with. I don't know if he had a team of writers. I don't know. Yeah, but we for sure he's a Elvester, character. Day, but. At least he's a character. At most he's a historic musician. Uh-huh. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs>
1: but yeah, that was cool. I like that, you know. And I read too that when they, by the time that they filmed this in the mid seventies, that house was like falling apart. Like nobody had really restored the house in a hundred years. But I guess now it's been it's been fully restored and it's like really nice now. But at the time, it was falling apart, and that's why they filmed it there. It was because they probably did it for really fucking cheap. Well, so they 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 filmed most of the movie either in there or at um like just a studio lot. Like like, they, like
0: going off of that too. Susan Sarandon also she got fucking pneumonia. That pool scene, yeah. she got pneumonia yeah. because there was no. She was like, "Dude, it's fucking cold in here." There was one room that they used to have a bunch of heaters in it so the staff could like warm up, but then the room caught on fire, and so there was no <laughs> there was no place to like warm up because the house was old, decrepit, falling apart, and so and Susan he, Sarandon got fucking
1: pneumonia. And it's not even, and it's not even the fact that they. I mean, it wasn't even just the house, too. But I mean, even if they're on a soundstage, a big soundstage is not going to be heated properly. And not only that, they filmed this during the winter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they filmed it in the Six winter weeks. in England. And not only that, from what I was reading, during those pool scenes, they didn't have enough costumes. So what they were doing is they only had like two of each costume. So one costume would be wet, and then they would have to change out or something like that. And then they have to put on a wet costume, a cold wet costume. And then film a the scene or multiple scenes yeah. in that cold, wet costume. They they had that no money pneumonia. They had no yeah. money,
0: so like while they're filming one scene, they're hang drying the other costumes and trying to dry them out as much as possible. And then when that <laughs> wet costume now got too unbearable, they switch out. So they put on like a damp costume and hang that sopping wet costume out to dry, and they just keep doing that back and forth. And it's just it's so crazy. And then, and then, like all this, all of this culmination into Like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, you, you guys made a movie that is a cult classic, and you're making a bunch of money off the, off the DVD sales. That's great. But Susan Sarandon is a is a very outspoken. I, I say Susan Sarandon a lot, but but I, I I do like her. Not I don't I don't I think she's okay in the movie. But as a person, I like her a lot. But she's been yeah, very like outspoken about, been very vocal about how they don't make shit off of the fucking royalties from the DVD sales. None of the cast really? members make anything.
1: It's oh, like I didn't know that.
0: Multiple times over the past decade, she's been like, no, fuck that movie. Uh, fuck that. We don't make shit off the
1: royalties. And that's, shit. that's shitty. Yeah, I don't like that at all. That but I mean, shitty. when you really think about it, most of the money probably comes from like bootleg, not bootleg, but like little movie theaters just playing the, the DVD or the Blu-ray or the digital copy every week. So they're probably, they're, they're probably playing these movies illegally. And that's why they're not getting anything.
0: But then you see, like, but then you get a hot topic, and I, uh, even now, hot topic still has shirts of the, the of like the lips or 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 Tim yeah, Curry's yeah. face. Like they still have merch that is from this. Like like these people probably don't see a goddamn cent of that.
1: Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if anybody sees any money, it's going to be Richard O'Brien. I mean, honestly, he's like the mastermind behind this, but he has no other credit to his name outside of Rocky Orr.
0: And it's I don't know. It's it's. You're right. Like it, it's. Like what are we gonna give them? You know what I mean. Like, there's nothing to give you because this is such a a a fan thing. This is almost like this is even more like bootleg than like when Star Wars first kind of started out. And, and and like there's no money oh, to give more. you. Yeah. So they, like I, I I would give you money if there was money, but I don't know what you want me to give you. So I I get that. I understand that. I I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm I'm glad that that this has found its audience.
1: All right. Are we good with time warp now? Should we move on to uh, a two B for one of us? <laughs> uh, what's what other songs do you, do you really dig on this one? So the other song that I, I
0: I've I've liked, but I never liked as much as I do this week is Hot Patootie, mm-hmm. Baby. Really? Bless my soul. Uh, really, that you like that one? This is that's not even a banger for me. That's because you're an idiot, but that's fine. <laughs> i don't
1: know why you like meatloaf so much i just don't i have never
0: have i never have liked meatloaf so much until this week i i like i like him in tenacious d yes and i like bad Outta hell because i think bad Outta hell is really great but i yeah. mean bad Outta hell was two three years after this came out
1: was it really yeah oh, shit i i assumed that it was like before Loaf, it, then Me- it wouldn't make sense because he wouldn't have been in the movie probably.
0: Meatloaf wasn't shit until essentially this movie in Bad Out of Hell. He had one album before this that he shared with somebody else. It didn't do that yeah. great. But it wasn't until his performance in Hair, the musical Hair. Yeah. Like that, That's what kind of got him traction. And then this is what really catapulted him into like, like, holy fuck, this kid's got a voice. And then Bad Out of Hell. Fuck, man. Bad Out of Hell is like... I'm gonna put it. Up, I'm gonna add to my fucking list of albums that we need to do. Meatloaf, at it I hell. think you already
1: did. I think it's already on there. It's a good album. Okay, shithead. In I mean, he is. He is a, an amazing singer. He was. I mean, absolutely amazing singer. But I don't know. Dude, this like, song's not that great.
0: Everything about this is just so cool. Like, Meatloaf crashes through the wall, right? With a fucking saxophone <laughs> attached to him. <laughs> like, like, what? And he, no, and he crashes no through sense. the wall with a saxophone attached to him and belts out a solid fucking jam. And dude, kid, he has the, the gash in his head. Tell me. Tell me that Jack Black did not model his entire existence off of just this one performance by Meatloaf. This is Jack huh? Black to a T. Everything about yeah, what Meatloaf does is Jack Black. And I love it. That's fair, and then to that's have very, very fair, and then to come full circle with Jack Black to do like Tenacious D, the picket desk, to have meatloaf on there it must have just been like literally a dream come true. Because I know Jack Black <laughs> loves meatloaf a lot, and I know he's talked about it, but this performance, I really, honestly believe that Jack Black probably saw this in his younger age and was like, "Holy fuck, that's what I want to do." I don't want to say better, but just differently
1: and better. I, I would say I could say better. <laughs> yeah, you could say better, <laughs> differently and better. <laughs> Differently and better Okay All right. <laughs> So good I mean the, the story Behind the character though uh, Of Eddie Where he took I mean Dr. Frank f- Frankenfurter He he took Half of Eddie's brain out And then gave that half To Rocky And that's how he That's how he created Rocky And then in the movie You could see the gash Across his f- entire forehead Where his brain was Apparently taken out And then he immediately Gets killed <laughs> <'Cause>, like the <laughs> lore, the song dead
0: <laughs> the lore is that like eddie and, and and frankenfurter had like a thing like they were like connected mm-hmm. and, and but there were parts of eddie he didn't like so that's why he cut him up and took half of his brain he wanted the half that was in love with frankenfurter not the other half that was a rebellious fucking bad boy on a motorcycle Dude, I have so, so much dumb. notes on this song. It's fucking dumb. So, like, well, first of all, first of all, this is a dope song. This is good old fashioned rock and roll. Like, through it's and good rock and roll. yeah. Good rock and, good roll. and roll. There's nothing wrong with this. This should be your two B. You are stupid if you think otherwise. You probably have a gash in your head from falling down and hitting your head on the dumb rock that you <laughs> fell on. But so, like, in the early stages of production here, Richard O'Brien had <laughs> doubts. He had doubts. Meatloaf could even do this part well because of the amount of words that are in Meatloaf's part. Like the English performance, the, the English production over in, in, in merry old England, the, mm. th- they could never get all of the artists to do, to fit all the words in properly. It just sounded weird or they would omit words because they couldn't do it. So Richard O'Brien gives them to Meatloaf. This is part of like the fucking 30 minute doc that I watched uh, on Meatloaf, just this one song, essentially. <laughs> oh my god. And, <laughs> I love it so much. And and Meatloaf says, yeah, like Richard O'Brien handed me the script and says, hey, don't worry about it. Like nobody can get it right the first time. It takes like a lot of practice and there's a lot of words and, and like nobody's ever really said all the words. We just kinda like half assed it and goofball it. And Meatloaf looks at it and says, I I can do this. Like, what are you talking about? Of course I can do this. Fucking per first try. Belts it out perfectly. God
1: tier. Meatloaf is god tier, straight up. And then it's a shame that he his character had such a small role. So, like also, one of the smallest roles in the entire movie.
0: Also, in every other production of this movie, uh, Doctor Scott and Eddie are played by the same person, right? Because they're related. Oh, okay, So yeah, they're related.
1: Yeah, they're uncle and nephew.
0: So, like the joke is, as the audience, like, oh, they look the sim. They look very like that. Looks like the other fucking actor, and they come to find out, that's his uncle. Okay. Ha ha ha, right? That's funny, but they wouldn't yeah. let him do it they They said no, I wonder why? just in the movie because in the stage production, they did the same character, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wonder why in the movie they they decided not to do that and like i I've I've watched like a lot of things about Meat Love especially since he's he, he died. What is all the noise over there? What is going on? There's no noise I hear a lot of noise
1: what are you hearing?
0: I hear like well now there's nothing. But I hear uh, like a, a, a keyboard. Are you playing a keyboard? No, I'm not playing
1: a keyboard. No. Do you, do you have a keyboard? In is it that? Yeah, here it, it, it could be it's shuffling maybe. Okay, I don't know what it is.
0: Well, you just did it. You said is it this, and you did a noise. Well, because well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't the noise that you heard. <laughs> so noise.
1: I don't know. I don't know what you're hearing. I really have no you're idea. Doing, what you're
0: doing. You're doing some. There's some noise. You're doing. You're playing a keyboard I'm not even, or.
1: I'm, I'm literally not even moving. I have my 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 arms crossed. I'm not doing anything. Oh, now
0: you're mad. Now you're, now you're fucking mad. What you're saying? <laughs> I swear, I'm not doing anything. Are you are, are are you writing your memoirs? Like, what is all the noise <laughs> going on over there? I, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything. So back back to me, love. Back to me, love.
0: Yeah, so so um, like I said, Eddie and, and Dr. Scott were played by the same person all the time. Meatloaf was really bummed, and like I said, I, I've never heard him say anything nasty about anybody, and it wasn't really nasty, but he said that he still, before he died, he, he, he still kind of held like a little grudge for not being able to play Dr. Scott in the uh, movie production. He said that I he could have killed so cool. it. And, and he said like the guy did a great job because you know, people, people you have to say that right you have to, oh, the actor yeah oh he did a really good job He, he had to say that but he was like but honestly like i i'm i'm still mad that i did not i was not able to do dr scott because that would have been fucking dope and then he gets into the fact that uh not only was this entire scene just riddled with problems just fuck ton of problems people getting mm-hmm. hurt people almost dying but like Meatloaf. This was the first time that he saw what was happening overall. Because when, when he first got hired for this, he was a nobody. He just got out of hair. Like, yeah, he was a good guy. Like, people know who he is. But he, he's he's nobody. He's nobody. Yeah. And so they're paying him, like, 250 bucks a week to be in this show. And they're singing songs, but there's no dialogue yet. They're just singing songs, and they don't know what it's for. They know what the plot of the, the stage production is for. And so the first time that he sees what is happening... Is right after they, they finish doing this, and Tim Curry comes out and does his like his, his thing, and, and like normally during this time, everyone's kind of just in like their plain clothes, right? You're rehearsing, you don't need to dress up constantly for this, so you're just, you're in your plain clothes. Yeah. But Tim Curry comes out fucking full costume. Just <laughs> panties, fishnets, hair, makeup, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf Milo sees him and fucking books it. He's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this shit. I'm out. <laughs> fucking leaves. Leaves to production after he sees Tim Curry in full costume. And then, like, according to him, it's supposedly he was so distraught that he actually got like a jaywalking ticket on Hollywood Boulevard because he just bolted out into street into the street to where cars had to like stop And a motorcycle cop pulled them over gave him a jaywalking ticket as like (laughs) everybody's chasing like dude don't leave no no it's okay like it's not as bad as you think it is it's a joke it's funny it's supposed to be like campy and silly and it's it's just like all of these things come together to make me love just just really really come into himself really kind of embrace like the goofiness and so then so then he he says okay we'll we'll do this it's not a big deal I'll, I'll I I will tolerate this as long as possible and don't forget this is like the seventies right this is this is not two thousand twenty two where like literally yeah. nothing shocks us anymore yeah. <clears throat> so in the in the stage production like he is he's dressed as Doctor Scott and he wears fishnets and he told the story of of how the first time he really kind of realized how great it was to be laughed at. Was when he was playing Doctor Scott, In the movie Doctor Scott, the, he has the blanket on the on the on his legs.
1: Yeah, until the fishnets and heel,
0: right? And the blanket falls off, and he sticks his legs up in the air, and he's got fishnets, and then he's got like the long the the, the long high heels, <laughs> the stilettos <laughs> yeah. on. But the first time Meatloaf did it, and the first time like Americans saw <laughs> what was under Doctor Scott's blanket was Meatloaf, and the blanket fell off and he put his legs up and the whole the entire audience started laughing and busting up and milofe is a sucker for like cheap shots he he's like a chris farley kind of but a little bit more tactful he likes uh-huh. he likes cheap laughs and he said that like that was the turning point in his career he decided that he wanted to be like an entertainer and not take himself seriously at all and he said it was so great to him that he looked over to tim curry who tim curry never breaks character ever like, and and Meatloaf said the entire production of the movie, every time, he had never seen Tim Curry ever break character. But that one performance, that first performance when the blanket fell off and the entire <laughs> audience was laughing, he looks over at Tim Curry and Tim Curry's fucking busting up. He cannot control himself. <laughs> He's laughing.
1: That's and, so cool. That is so cool.
0: And like just watching this interview with Meatloaf and just like, you can see him just getting like really excited about it and said, this was the turning point in my career where I realized I wanted to be a performer and just like, who gives a fuck? I want to just have a good time. Yeah, and that's why Bad of Hell is so goddamn good. Is because it takes all of these elements, it, but like it puts it into like heavy metal and hard rock.
1: But it doesn't take itself seriously. It's a I joke. Mean, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen. I can't guarantee and, anything, but I'll listen.
0: And the last thing Milo said before the interview ended is he said that the the, the, the jacket that he wears that that Eddie's jacket. Mm-hmm. He even like brought it out. He said, "Check this jacket out. I've had this since day one." Ain't nobody touching this jacket but me. This is my jacket, baby. An interview, so good, <laughs> so good. I'm, 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 all, I'm team meatloaf through and through now. I clearly, through yeah, clearly. And through. <laughs> it Love
1: is it. such a shame though that he didn't get to play Doctor Scott. It, it just makes no sense. In the have been movie so that he so good at it. Yeah, it would it would have added such a different feel to the second half of the movie. Because, I mean, like you and I were talking before we started in the second half, I mean, the, the movie is very top-heavy. Absolutely. And the second half of the movie is, I don't want to say forgettable, but it's, it's definitely lackluster <laughs> compared yeah. to the first half. Yeah. But ha- totally had like, Meatloaf been Dr. Scott, I feel like it would have given it an entirely different feel. Not to say, like you said, not to say that the guy who played Dr. Scott was bad at all, but Meatloaf would have brought a totally different thing to it. For sure.
0: It's like the difference of, of of wondering what would happen if Vincent Price played the uh,
1: the criminologist. The,
0: the criminologist, like that's yeah, yeah, like the, yeah, the guy was great. Like that's cool seeing him. He did a fantastic job. But holy fuck, Vincent Price, are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, that would have been unreal. Come on,
0: <laughs> stupid talk, He's silly boy talk. Over yeah,
1: there. straight silly boy talk for sure. So then, let right. also all the, yeah, I'm, we haven't even played it. We haven't even played Hot Potato or Hot Potato yet. Hot Potato.
0: Yeah. But, everything here let's
1: play it let's talk about (laughs) it you hate it it's fine here's a here's hot patootie from uh rocky horror picture show there you go hot patootie bless my soul from meatloaf from the rocky horror picture show god damn good it is very good no it's very good very rock and roll like we were talking about it's not very good
0: i don't you keep saying these words that are just vomit like they're not it's not very good it's so freaking good it's better than what you are you are listing it as. That it's not a B.
1: I don't understand. It's good. It's it's not a B, but it's. Very what is good. not B about this? Okay, it's a B. Fine, 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 fucking fine. It's a B. It's a B. it's a B. It's be a banger. Tubi. It's no. It's definitely not my two B. No, no way.
0: There's no other no no song fucking. on here that she, it probably like, he's probably Janet. Like, damn it, Janet. That's probably your fucking. That's tubi. a good song. That your that is cuck. a B, but it's not my two no. B. No, no, no. God damn, this is a good song. <laughs> It is good. It's great. It's, All right. It's, so we got anything? What? I have so much. I have so much more to say about well, this. Are you kidding I mean, me? Right yeah. Now? If we got more. If you got more, let, let's get into it. Jesus H Christ. Uh, so like, let's let's talk about like um uh the problems that, that this supposedly happened with this here. So like, we're talking okay. like people falling off high ledges, motorcycles pinning people down, uh, <laughs> gashes on heads, on arms. So so to like to help with the danger of close ups, right? So meatloaf. Meatloaf can't ride for shit, and the ice that he breaks through was made of ice and wax. Oh, they actually and use real ice? They use real ice and then, oh, like, coated God. it with the wax. And so, <laughs> like, if you think riding on, on, like, really cold water and then wax on a motorcycle, like, you're going to get zero traction. Yeah. So when Meatloaf is riding the motorcycle, there's the, it's, he's fishtailing the whole time. The back tire is spinning; he's getting no traction. <laughs> so they eventually just had a stuntman crash through, and then they close up Meatloaf. But then, like the whole part where he's going up and down, they they told Meatloaf, "They hey, dude, like can you just go up and down the whole like stage?" And Meatloaf is like, "No, I don't fucking ride a motorcycle. I can't do that." And so <laughs> they they had like the stunt guy do it. But they needed those close-ups. They needed those close-ups of meatloaf. So they got a wheelchair and they essentially took apart the entire motorcycle, the top, the handlebars, the windshield, the speedometer, everything, and they put it on top of the wheelchair. They had meatloaf <laughs> hold onto it and they like they, they pushed the wheelchair up and down. But the problem so was com, coming down the ramp, it wasn't like a fluid, like, like have you ever been, if, if we were in drama together and we've seen set designs and they don't, yeah, like, yeah. apparently don't they don't get much better but the transition (laughs) from a a downhill into flat ground it's not a a a gradual thing like you would see on on the highways it's it's straight fucking down and there's a there's a hard angle there and so the being the 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 motorcycle (laughs) dashboard is in front of the of the the wheelchair it's very top heavy so meatloaf is coming down the ramp right his his body double sees this happening and holy fuck he's gonna eat shit and so he leaps up to go help and, like, stop the whole thing because he knows Milo's going to eat shit. As he's running over there, his, his fucking stunt double, like, falls down, breaks his leg, falls on the floor, oh and is, na- is now, like, I don't know if he broke his femur, but, like, Milo didn't, like, specify. But he's yeah. now, like, screaming in pain, like, oh, my fucking leg, my fucking leg. And everyone is kind of still oh, singing along, fuck. snapping their fingers and shit. And looking at him while Milov is still going down the hill. So Milov hits that 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 angle going down the hill obviously f- drives right into the ground. The camera that they position on the front of the wheelchair now smashes into pieces. The windshield shatters. Milov gets his huge gash over his head right where like the actual gash was in the makeup. Yeah. Fucking rips his arm open. Gets all fucked up. He's bleeding everywhere. All the while, this guy who's trying to save me, loaf is writhing in pain on the ground, screaming "My leg, my leg is broken all this Holy happens, shit.
1: all within probably five <laughs> seconds all within five <laughs> seconds yeah. and I didn't then know after that. this, it's wild
0: after this when they when they decided they were gonna try and like film this scene properly and then finish it, the stuntman, man like there's a part where where the motorcycle kind of stopped at the top of the uh, the hill there, whatever the hill is in the set. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, Yeah. if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So the stuntman stops there at the top of the hill, loses his balance, fucking falls off of the ledge with the motorcycle. The motorcycle smashes him. So he's laying there, just fucking sprawled out, arms out, like Jesus Christ on the middle of the fucking floor. Motorcycle is pinned on top of him. Meatloaf is the one that runs over and picks up the motorcycle off of him. And Meatloaf says, I remember distinctively, I looked down at this guy, and the stuntman is not moving. He's not moving a muscle. Oh, fuck. He's like, I thought he was fucking dead. So he opens his eyes, and slowly he starts to move, and then he gets up, and he's fine. But I guess what the stunt guy said is when you do enough stunts like this, because your body goes into shock, if you get hurt really bad, it's hard to tell if you're actually in pain. So like, I guess like an old stuntman trick is you lay there and you slowly go from your toes to your, your calf, to oh, your knees, and you yeah. slowly start to like move all of your muscles all the way up your body to make sure that you're even able to walk away from this.
1: Holy shit. For
0: this one <laughs> fucking scene, for this one <laughs> stupid scene, all this happened.
1: Fuck, man. I remember even thinking in the movie, there there's shots of like, you know, all the, the people up on the on the ledge and there's the safety bar, but then there's one part where there's the ladder that goes down and there's no bar. And I kept thinking there's like three people right there that could easily fall off. And when (laughs) you kind of get like a more, a more, a shot that's more like a a wider shot, you could tell that's a pretty high ledge. (laughs) And even watching it, I, I felt like, dude, anybody could fall at any moment off of that, that ledge if they're not being careful. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a very safe place to be. I mean, nothing about this movie seemed very safe. Cuz like we said, it was it seemed very bootleg. I mean, it was very bootleg.
0: Yeah, I mean, but. we're talking like like Osha wasn't even <laughs> fucking I mean, I, get, I think Osha was invented in the 70s actually, but like even if it was invented in the a, 70s. But this is in England. This was, yeah,
1: this wasn't in the states, this is in England. This is not like Yeah, a exactly. Other, there, there's no yeah, there's, set there's of no rules over there.
0: Exactly. There's 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 no inspectors here. There's there's no somebody to say, oh, that really needs to be exactly three inches higher than where it is right now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Holy, <laughs> that one fucking thing. Did all this stuff happen? But God, this song is so fantastic. It is a perfect rock and roll song. Melo slays. He fits all of these words in. And then I thought, like, how could you not fit all these words in? It's it's such an easy song to fit all these words in. Well, I don't know. Maybe England didn't really fully understand, like, the rock and roll thing at the time. Rock and roll coming in the 50s and 60s. Like, they had their Beatles and stuff, but, like, the Beatles aren't rock and roll. It's trash music. Trash music. Oh, my God. So now we're getting a real rock and roll like Meatloaf, coming in and slaying a song like this.
1: A real rock and roll like Meatloaf.
0: Beatles were not rock Beatles were never rock and roll. They never pretended to be rock and roll. They were never rock and roll. What? It makes no
1: sense. Did
0: did you not hear me? Do I need to turn my mic up? I don't... Did you... What part of that, do you not understand?
1: I mean, that, that's just a silly boy thing to say. Beatles that's were never
0: rock and roll. Beatles were oh. never rock and roll. Beatles never pretended to be rock and roll. They mimicked rock and roll, but they were never rock and roll.
1: How were they not rock and roll?
0: Like this watch. What ready? made them not rock and roll? Uh,
1: they were not rock and roll, like that. That's how they were not rock and roll. <laughs> I love it. I love that there's no explanation there, just uh, false claims. I um,
0: mean, they never claim to be rock and roll. They they claim to be like pop rock, and you know they're a pop act. and rock. They're and roll, the, too. That's fine. They're a pop sensation,
1: that's but that's okay. That's fine. Uh, you know, songs like "Helter Skelter." Yeah, that's not rock and roll. Not a good song, but still rock and roll. Um, the worst. All right, so ever. do we have anything? Yeah, it's a terrible record. Uh, do we have anything left on Hot Patootie? Hot Patootie. No, that's it. Hot Potato. <laughs> okay, so that was your two B uh let's get into my to be which we should all should we should all show we should also talk about tim curry we've talked about him a little bit but he's truly the great the greatest part of this movie this whole production and my second favorite song is sweet transvestite i mean that song just lyrically how stupid it is but how he portrays it vocally um performance wise i think it is just so it's so perfect like i mean when when the song starts even like like just preceding the song starting you see him you see the elevator coming down and you see his his heel like going up like his him lifting his foot on beat like just that introduction to him was just so so perfect and then he turns around really quick and then the lyrics start and then and then Janet screams and it it's a great introduction to this fucking character the best character in this entire movie this this song is the reason why
0: tim curry is is like like legend because mm-hmm. there's this song is dumb like it's 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 not even like the catchiest song it's it's not like the best song but tim curry makes it so goddamn good he is so cocky he is so pompous <laughs> he's so full of himself that you can't yeah, help but yeah. love it he's but he's so endearing about it and he is and there's so much breaking of the fourth wall but like that oh, matches yeah, he the, the character camera. of Frankfurter. Like that's God. He looks at the character of the camera fucking constantly.
1: Yeah, not even just in the song, but like throughout the entire movie, <laughs> he, he constantly breaks the fourth wall. But it was. It, but it, he doesn't do it like in a way where it makes it look bad. Like he does it in a very snarky way, and I mean, he just absolutely kills it. I mean, like you said, the, the lyrics are are stupid and cheesy, but. He does it so well in his in, in how pompous he is and arrogant he is my my favorite and, part of and, the song
0: yeah. is is when he says anticipation, but he draws out the he says issa and then draws it out patient yeah like oh dude and that's, it, sh- it shows like it, that's shows, best.
1: It, it shows other characters other shots of the characters before he hits the uh the patient yeah, part that of it. that's a look at my face every fucking time that that oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
0: Like that, that O <laughs> face, like that's, that's what I'm doing the entire time.
1: Perfect. And then, and then also like, if you've never seen this movie, especially when you're, I mean, you know, I was, you know, 13, 14 when I first saw this movie and this is, you know, the early 2000s. So, you know, this kind of stuff was still very taboo. And I remember the song when it would happen and then he pulls open the robe and what he's wearing, you know, the corset, oh, dear. The, the pearl necklace, the panties, the mind-blowing. <laughs> like, like, like I was like, what is this? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was so outrageous. And like, it was like, should I be watching this? Am I allowed to be watching this? So many. Like, I've lessons. heard my parents talk. Ab- I've heard my parents talk about this movie, but am I allowed to watch it? It was. Uh, it was quite the the spectacle, but you know, as you get older, you start to understand and, you know, as times have changed, you're like, this is like nothing. (laughs) Like, especially nowadays, like that right there is nothing, but then some other scenes throughout the movie, you're like, wow, that shit would not fly nowadays. Especially like, like
0: like the, like the serious damn near rape of, of like Brad and Janet. Janet Yeah. Like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like that one for me, I was like, damn, that is like
1: not okay. That is fucking weird. Yeah. It's not, and then even to the point like like think of, okay, think of this in nineteen seventy five, like when he goes into Brad's room and he pretends to be Janet, but then, you know, Brad realizes it's actually Frankenfurter and then he goes down on Brad. Like he he's he like does. about to yeah. you know, suck him off and it's just like, Whoa, this is nineteen seventy five and you're putting out a movie into movie theaters that's not like a like a porn movie or a smut movie or something. You're just doing this and getting away with it and it's just it's just so crazy, and that all the actors were were like into it, or at least you know tolerable of it. I, it's shocking that, that you know they got away with what they did in 1975.
0: That was very that that was very aggressive because it does show him go down, and because of like their silhouettes, you you assume that they're actually touching in some capacity. Yeah, because their silhouettes are the same size, and they're kind of the same size in real life. They're both pretty tall, and so when he goes down, he's like, "Holy fuck!" They. It's not like a, a a a trick of of like one person standing far back and one person standing closer,
1: like they're they're
0: right on top of each other.
1: Yeah, and then even the way like I noticed with the way Tim Curry like grabbed both of the actors and like pulled them toward him, like he was about to you know like go the full the full Nelson. Like I it's just dude at that time I can't believe that that went that that was okay at the time because yeah especially now I mean even now that that's questionable that's straight up like that's straight up rape I mean, that that, that what is he does to Jan- i mean he takes janet's virginity i mean that i don't know it's, it's such crazy. A, it's
0: such a weird like gray area because she eventually relents but mm-hmm. like that first part is just like what are you doing like why why, why is this happening
1: i know it's it's wild it's wild <laughs> it's a wild movie <laughs> But uh, but yeah, back, back to Sweet Transvestite. I mean, should we play a little bit of the song and then talk about it more? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I definitely want to play it, but... Um, yeah, I don't Fuck it, let's play it. So here it is uh, from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Sweet Transvestite. There you go. Sweet Transvestite from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, musically on this one, too, I mean, it kind of has that very loose, swingy blues rock. It's a very blues rock song, and it's... Dude, it's so good. Just taking Tim Curry out of it, it's still a solid fucking song.
0: It's a good song. Every single one of these songs could be a good rock and roll song on their own. Some of them have, like, the gospel elements. Some of them have, like, rhythm and blues elements. Some of them have, like, country swing to them. But they're all on their own, like, good rock and roll songs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's what I was going to say, too, about the song is, you know, during the chorus, when... You know, you have the the backup singers like that very R and B when they're like they're harmonizing, not harmonizing but they're they're doing the backup vocals of the of saying "Sweet Transvestite" along with uh, Tim Curry. It just it just sounds so it's just so good. It's just a really good, well made song. And then the crazy saxophone solos and yeah, it's a uh, it's quite the song. Quite the song lyrically, musically. I think it's. I mean, this is up there definitely with Time Warp, for sure. it's it's fucking good and you know kind of looking too at the word transvestite I mean obviously that's not a word that's appropriate nowadays um so I can't I mean I can't imagine them trying to do something like this nowadays I mean with the terminology and everything like that I mean in the in the song they ref I mean they reference transsexual transvestite like those are terms that not are not socially acceptable anymore I just, a lot of shit from this movie would not fly today. Like we were talking about with the rape and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, I mean, this is the least of, of like the, the problem. I hate using the word problematic cause it's such a stupid word, but yeah, it, it, this is like the least of it, but it was, I, I mean, know.
0: it's just, it's, it's, it's a very different time period. And then like, yeah. like discussing like transvestites and like, androgynous characters it's just it's things that we take i mean i shouldn't say we because i've realized that coming from southern california too like our perception of the world is so accepting but now moving out here to arizona and i i slowly like seeing (laughs) and talking to these older people that live in the retirement communities that i bartend at yeah, yeah, and and they say things like holy fuck you, I, do people actually think this way and they, they do they people fucking do think this way it's <laughs> pretty wild yeah it's uh <clears throat> so yeah I, I don't know being from Southern California I think we are very very accepting of like all walks of life not because like we're accepting it because we don't fucking care I don't, I, yeah I, I think that's really I, what it is, is, literally Orange
1: County is Orange County and LA are such like a it's such a hodgepodge Riverside you know San Diego all of this shit down here is so it's such a hodgepodge of people and lifestyles and like you just you're constantly surrounded by different things and you have different kinds of friends like where you're at you know i imagine like your neighbors when they grew up it was all fucking white people oh but when we were growing up you know we it was half you know half hispanic half white you know or not half white but you know asian you know we had all this these different cultures coming in but so we we just grew up in accepting things because who gives a fuck it doesn't matter
0: and it's like the difference of, of somebody telling you, like, hey, I am this person. I am this way. This is my lifestyle. In Orange County, you say, okay, like, I really don't care Be- yeah, because yeah. like I don't care. Like, okay, that's fine. I like, yeah, I like turtles, I, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, I even remember like in, in high school, I mean, I knew people who were gay in high school and I didn't care. Like most people didn't care. It's not like we don't care because cause we're so fucking woke. It's like literally just
0: don't fucking, I don't want to hear about yeah. anybody's life because everybody's boring except for meatloaf now. <laughs> but
1: it was just like, but but we didn't think negatively of the people. Like we didn't judge them for it or judge them negatively for it. Just, yeah, don't, you know? don't care, bro. Like what do you, yeah. Don't care. It's just a, it was just very different growing up here, I feel, than than most most parts of the world, really. So, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, sweet whatever. transvestite, good song. Yeah, it's a fucking fantastic song. But like, do you th- think
0: do you think that sweet transvestite though is almost as, as iconic, as good, as memorable, as I don't know, great as
1: Time Warp? Though, I really think it does. I think that's musically, just silly. I think musically it's up there with Time Warp. I think lyrically it's just as goofy, but still just as good as Time Warp. I think it's super catchy. It has it has the same amount of goofiness, the same amount of catchiness musically. I think it's it's on par with each other. Yeah, one's faster, but even than the like other, but this one's way groovier. Dude, Time Warp is just it's transcended Warp,
0: being no, like I, like a good song. It's now iconic. It's now it's now legendary. It's historic. You play Time Warp for someone who's never seen Rocky Horror, and they'll think like, yeah, I, this song sounds familiar. I know this song. I I know this song. But you'd be playing Sweet Transvestite, no way.
1: No way. Why? Well, yeah, no, I understand that. I'm not saying it's better or on par with it, but it's it's damn close. And the only thing that doesn't make it as good is uh, is the lyric. I mean, I don't want to say as good, but you know, less accepting or less acceptable in society is the lyrics. That's the only thing that I, I mean sets it apart.
0: Don't I? Don't say that. That I, I, I would just say that it's not as good as Time Warp because Time Warp so fucking good. Like sweet, sweet transvestite, right again. Like the first half of this, 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 this album, this, this record, this, this play, this show, this movie, it's just it's untouchable. It's fucking untouchable. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, when you think about it too, you get time warp, and then a few minutes later, you get sweet transvestite. Like there's very there's very little time between the two songs. Yeah. In the in the production, you know, in the movie or play, I think in the play too, but in the movie at least there's, yeah, there's like no, there's very little time in between the two songs. So you're just, it's like that one, two punch. And I feel like it's a great, it's a great transition. It's a great flow into the actual main story of it because you're getting the, with time warp, you're getting the introduction of where the, where the story is going with the setting of of it. And then sweet transvestite, you're getting introduced to the main character. And then from there, then you're, you're just developing the story a little bit more, even though it doesn't have too much of a story. What I did want to say, too, how I think one of the reasons why, I mean, we kind of touched on it, but one of the big reasons why this was so popular, especially this movie, was because of who it, um, who was drawn to it. Like, like you were saying, you know, the outcasts, the people who, who didn't really fit in and, and all that. But then also, you know, in the 70s and the 80s, you know, the, the, the gay community and, and the trans community and all that stuff you know that was very this is a very important movie for them because this this show like a different style different lifestyle essentially a different way of viewing people and not necessarily judging them and i mean that's i think that's another reason why this was so, has been so popular since it came out in 75 so almost what 50 was what it 50 years ago 60 no 50 years ago yeah yeah it'll be 50 years ago and 50 a few years.
0: fucking years ago
1: yeah so. Which I don't,
0: I, again, I don't think this movie does, does a good job at that, but I don't think the movie set out to do that. I think this movie set out to do something shocking, and oh, yeah, it got totally picked did. up by said community, and said community decided, like, hey, we are going to own this movie now, and it became Norm. Like, everybody else said, you know what, yeah, okay, I see what you're getting now, but that's not what this movie intended to do. This movie did not, th- th- this movie's not woke. This movie was intended to shock. Tim Curry yeah. aside movie's not very good it just really is not it's, it's stupid the acting's agree, not I great the, the 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 movements are janky the stage like the, the way they move they're moving as if they are on a stage and so there's a lot of yeah. hand movements like brad the, the actor that, that plays brad he's using his hands in way bigger fashion than you would in a movie because that's the way you do it on stage you, you overdo yeah, it's everything a very different kind of acting yeah. it's silly it's stupid but the, like like it was picked up by a community and owned by that community, which is great and that's what makes it iconic. But that's not what the intention was. So I don't want to give too much credit to O'Brien because that's not what he I, intended no, I, to do.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily giving credit to him. I'm just saying the the impact that it's had on, you know, a part of society. Right. I, that's all I'm saying. Because yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think I don't think that was ever his intention. I, his intention was to shock people and that was, i think that was it honestly and to just like kind of make a movie to make him and his friends laugh i think that's what it was yeah like not 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 at the the gay community but at laughing at the you know them making fun of the b movies and everything like that and then throwing in you know the sexually provocative stuff to make it edgy to make a to make it shock shocking right but i don't yeah i agree with you it wasn't for anything other than that
0: And it was just it, you know it got taken over and that's Solid. Like, who cares? You, yeah, it's great. You, <laughs> yeah, people can take over the fuck they want. This is subjective art.
1: I, I, I think, I think overall, it, this this whole thing is a lot of fun, but especially the first half. But uh, let, let let's get into another song. Uh I think we kind of, kind of drained this one. Right. Let's this get. let
0: at least we get to talk about science fiction and damage. In it, like at at minimum.
1: Uh, wait, what songs?
0: Science fiction. The, the science fiction double feature. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah, damage. Yeah, the in opening.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like the opening, yeah, the opening track
0: to the movie. Like, it's just, it's, it's just lip singing the tune. You, you, like, imagine going to the movie theaters and you're like, okay, this new movie come out. It's just lips. You're like, what the fuck is this? What am I watching here? This track also <laughs> had a really hard sympathy for the devil feel to it for me. Did you get any you of that? Think so?
1: No. The way it rolls, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of folky and, and kind of. So not sympathy, what you sympathy for the devil.
0: Sympathy for the devil is also very folky. It's got yeah, that very kind is. of like percussion vibe to it. Very soft guitars. This is a very like. Now that I've said this, if you go back and listen to it, think of but sympathy you're for the devil Stones in your mind. Fan than
1: I am. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know that you song love. Well. Come on, that's a top three Stone song for you. You only know three Stone song, but that's a top three for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good song, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I can't make that connection with. With this song,
0: it's just easy easy acoustic guitar behind cool vocals. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah, that's okay, all. You need. That's true. That's true. There's vocal squills in here.
1: Those are funny. And kind of reading about it too. I guess that was the the mouth itself was Patricia Quinn, the the one who plays Magenta. Yeah. But then the voice is the voice itself is Richard O'Brien. Right. So they dubbed his voice over her. So I, I, I thought that was like a, something a cool little thing to throw out there.
0: I felt like I Richard O'Brien sure. like fought hard to make it make himself in this movie more than than everybody else wanted him to be in this
1: movie. That's how I feel about it, too. Which is, it's totally it's his fucking,
0: it. it's his play, right? Like, it's his decision, yeah. whatever, that's fine. But I did feel like he pressed it hard.
1: I mean, I, I feel like if they had cast somebody else as a riffraff, it would have been totally okay. Yeah. Like, it's, he's, I understand, like, he's a necessary character for the story, but... But his him. portrayal's good, but I mean, anybody could have played. It's riffraff. a throwaway character. I mean, his, yeah, his, well, his, and his performance was good, but it wasn't. It didn't shine like Tim Curry. So you could replace Riff Raff with with a lot of different people, I'm sure. But I don't know. Whatever. But it, like you said, it, it's his play. But then also, most playwrights they don't they don't put themselves in their own place. No, you know, that, that's kind of not the point of being a playwright. You 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 cast other people to play the characters that you wrote. So It's I don't want to say arrogant But
0: It's a little arrogant But
1: uh, Should we play a little bit of this song? Yeah Science fiction Alright here we go here's the, here's the opener To the entire movie From Rocky Horror Picture Show There we go Science fiction Double feature From the Rocky Horror <laughs> Picture Show The opener The opening sequence To this movie <coughs> Now Going into this Thinking of sympathy for the devil I can totally hear what you're saying, but it's very, it, you really have to kind of be thinking about it.
0: Okay. I i, I mean, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't think of that going into this. It was just something that popped into my head as I
1: was listening to it. Yeah. But it's there, right? It, it, it Only in the, only in the guitar plane, only the guitar plane, yeah. but that, that's it. I feel vocally like the way Mick Jagger sings it, it's like more of like an, O sound. it's like, oh, like how he does like, like. He has more of that, that swoon to his voice. Yeah. So vocally it, I, I don't hear it, but the guitar, that strumming pattern is, is kind of similar, even though sympathy is faster, but the strumming pattern is very is kind of reminiscent of it. I, I can I see what you mean. Yeah. I do. See, I'm right. Always right. But I will say this song this is the only song on the entire soundtrack that could have been like a proper song on the radio at the time. Like this could have easily been a pop hit. You know, is, uh, like in the six, like 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 if it was like late sixties, because I hear a lot of Bob Dylan in this as well, but like better than Bob Dylan. Um, mm. But this is like something that could have been popular in the late sixties for sure, like in the folks the folk pop scene. Which I is think it's a interesting really song.
0: because this is uh, this is the only song on the album that was covered by the uh, the greatest cover band on earth, Me First and the Gimme Gimmes. Me First and the Gimme Gimmes, yeah. <laughs> So that's well, something there. This is a
1: good song. This is a good song.
0: <laughs> that's the last album that I need by 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 me first and I'm and I'm good with me first. Is Which that. one is it? It's it's all that their show tunes. It's called Our our R, R, Me oh. First and
1: the name is R A Drag. And it's just show oh, okay, it's all yeah, show know, tunes. Yeah. But after that I'm good. <laughs> all right. Uh so do we have anything left on science fiction on this song?
0: Um no,
1: that's it. That's all I got, yeah. Okay and then you we, we wanted to get into Damage Janet as well Yeah, I think that's that's a really important song too. It I mean is. kind of what it was it was kind of I don't want to say foreshadowing but you know in the movie you know when when the friends are getting married in the in the background yeah. it's Tim Curry and then Richard O'Brien and what's it oh uh, Patricia Quinn Dude but like They're Tim Curry
0: fuck the way he the way he he stares at the camera and then he yeah. stares off like you, and he's like visibly taller than everyone. Which is, he's not that much taller in real life than everybody, but like the yeah. way he's visibly taller than everybody, it's hilarious. And then halfway through, all he does is just face the door. He has his back yeah. turned the entire time. The only person <laughs> with his back turned the entire fucking time. It's fucking weird.
1: And then, and then you know the uh, what's his name uh, Richard O'Brien w- holds the uh, the pitchfork. Mm. To kind of like show like you know the painting American Gothic. in the house, yeah. Then the pa- that painting's in the house, and then at the very end, the weapon he uses to kill Frankenfurter is the the laser with like that's shaped like a pitchfork. You know what's so, you I mean? It,
0: you know what's super interesting about American Gothic too is you like that painting right? The farmer and his wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not his wife; it's his daughter. Hmm? That painting is a farmer really? and his daughter. I did not know that. And because just like, again, it's just for whatever reason, it's widely accepted that American Gothic, that painting is a farmer and his wife. And so just that kind of like subtle perverseness of that is just so perfect with this movie because why do we automatically assume
1: that's his wife? Right? Yeah. I never, I never knew that. I always thought (laughs) it was. That's a farmer and his daughter. (laughs) So good. Isn't there a song too about a farmer and a daughter? A farmer and like a, his like wife.
0: A, the farmer, hi-ho, the dairy yo, the farmer and his wife. Is that the song? Is that, yeah, I, it's I like a nursery rhyme like thing.
1: But doesn't he say farmer and the daughter? Or maybe I'm just thinking that now because of what you told me. It's Possible. Farmer and his daughter. It's on the same ring. I don't know. Hi-ho, the dairy go, the farmer and his cow. It could be anything, I guess, really. No, you're right. It's farmer and his wife. The, the song is farmer and his wife. Farmer I was and just, wife.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's I, farmer and his wife, yeah.
1: That nursery rhyme, yeah. That
0: painting is a farmer and his daughter, and I thought it was just so good. The pervaseness,
1: pervasive,
0: pervasiveness of this movie.
1: Perv- no, 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 no. Perverse. perverse, perverse nature.
0: Am I just making up words here? Pervasiveness. Yeah,
1: pervasive. No, pervasive is a word, but pervasiveness perverse, could be a
0: word. Pervasiveness. But perverse
1: would be would be better. Like the pervasive. The perverse tone nature. Of this
0: movie. Yeah, the perverse tone of this movie. Fit yeah. with the American Gothic theme of everybody assuming that it's the farmer and his wife, but now it's the farmer and his daughter. And that kind of puts a different spin on American Gothic.
1: It makes it even more perverse knowing that also that that the characters of Riff Raff and Magenta are brother and sister. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, you kind of assume they're they're like husband and wife or they're like lovers at least. Yeah. But they're brothers and sisters, even though that, even though in the movie they say that they're brother and like they, it's mentioned that they're brother and sister. I know.
0: I, I I never knew that until this week. I didn't know that they were brother and sister until this week. And then when I read that they actually say it, it's like holy fuck! They actually mm-hmm. do like s- tell you that they're brother and fucking sister.
1: Yeah, it's like they they try to push all the buttons, <clears throat> the, all the, the you know the the shock buttons in this movie. Damn it, Janet! Damn that, it, that Janet! <laughs> and also to kind, of, I mean, you start the song with science fiction, which is great. And then the next song, you're essentially using a curse word. You're using the word "damn it." Like nobody uses the word "damn." Like maybe "damn," at the time, you know. But using the word "damn it," that's like, that's like a curse word in the seventies. That's aggressive. You know? That is, that is aggressive. And to have that as the title of the song, "Damn It, Janet," and then but using it in, using it in a loving and endearing way, like "Damn It, Janet, I love you." Dude, <laughs> it, and like the it's, monotone. It's
0: cool, man. <laughs> The monotone Janet's from like the the Harms from the American yeah. Gothic Harm family. Like that's the best part. Janet. Yeah, I know. Janet. That, that like, is the best part. It's so good. It's so it's so like Shirelles. It's so it's so like fifties doo wop era. It's so back of vocals. It's it's so it's so perfect. It's like setting up it this is. movie to be perfect rock and roll. <laughs> And like thinking like Lou Adler dude, Like Lou Adler Had the fucking hand In rock and roll history Like the dude Set up Monterey Pop Festival Like he
1: he, I know I had no idea He knows what rock and roll
0: is Uh, (laughs) God it's so good It's like That's what I'm saying Like the movie itself
1: is It's good It's good Yeah it's good But like
0: everything else Is fucking exceptional
1: Yeah you're right You're totally right All right, so I'm gonna play a little bit Of Dammit Janet From uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show Here we go there you go, damn it, Janet, from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I also like the, the O'Brad, the the monotone o Brad. <laughs> It's good. That one's just as good as the the, the damn it or the Janet. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> it's good. Oh, boy. It's what a stuff. song. What a movie. It's 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 uh, it's something else. That's true. Uh, okay, so. Do we, do you have any other songs you want to talk about? <coughs> in particular?
0: I did take a little bit of Tahine when we were
1: in a little uh listening <laughs> to the song. <laughs> so your sinuses and mouth is on fire.
0: Yeah, it's a little spicy. There's a good um idea. so like for one, Brad stopped short with Janet on this one, on Damage Janet. hmm He uh he stopped short with her, which is kind of funny because I guess that's the thing that's been going on since the the, the dawn of cars, stopping short with somebody in the Whatever, and then he. Uh, this is afterwards. Uh, this is after like the damn it in the the rain. The the, the rain scene.
1: Oh yeah, yeah! Right.
0: And I thought that was kind of funny, and then it was it was a funny part because after the tire blew, the first thing Brad says he says he says, "Damn it, we should have gotten that spare tire fixed." It's like are you fucking kidding me! Like you, it's <laughs> it's so stupid to me. It is. Like why did you not get it fucking f- I don't know just I mean, the, the meticulous Well they're
1: young kids. They're young stupid kids.
0: Which which I think like Susan Sarandon is not like an unattractive woman but she does not look like a young woman in this movie. She just she's one of those actresses no, that have always looked a little bit older
1: than you know I mean? yeah yeah. Like, yeah. like she, I I mean I think she's very pretty. I've always thought she was very very pretty. But she's, but never, looked looked like like, she's never looked like she never looked too young. She looks like she's yeah. like
0: 30 in this.
1: But then she—it's funny. Like even when you look at her now, she still doesn't look super old. No, like, she's like Morgan
0: Freeman. Like she's just hit that like sweet <laughs> spot and stayed there. Yeah, she's always kind of looked the same age. Denzel, you know? Morgan Freeman, Susan Sarandon—they all Martin, hit that. Steve Martin, dude. Steve, too? Yeah, like. Steve Martin was was, was uh, he almost was in this movie? <laughs> was he really? Yeah. Who's he gonna play? He was gonna play. He was gonna play Brad. Okay, so i I've, That would have been
1: so weird. That would have been that would have been way too goofy. So, so Steve C-Long Martin as like
0: Brad, that. Mick Jagger wanted to. Play, he asked to play uh, Frankenfurter Mick Jagger. Oh
1: God, I know that would have been terrible. Come on, guys,
0: terrible pass, hard pass. Ugh.
1: Yeah, like I don't. I honestly, I mean, I really can't think of anybody who could have played Frankenfurter better than Tim Curry. No, like there's nobody. I mean, it, it's just, it's too good. It's it's Tim Curry is too good.
0: It it hits. I don't know. It it, it rides that line of good performance with fantastic charisma. Yeah, and yeah. and like Steve Martin is. I think he has he has fantastic charisma, but I don't think he's like a good performer. He's like a yeah, dad. you're right.
1: Yeah, but he's more like it's more. He's more of a goofy character. Like Tim Curry can play a serious a very serious role and be intimidating you know but steve martin can't and that that's kind of the charm of frank Inferno. like you don't you don't know if he's like menacing or if he's just goofy and stupid
0: even when he stabs you fucking eddie
1: tell. to death
0: with a pickaxe like you still kind of like yeah is this, is this a joke like what's going on here i don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. know i don't know what I'm supposed to think
1: Oh, uh, it's true oh you know what i'm gonna watch tonight after we finish this right. i'm gonna watch clue I watch Clue? That, that's
0: that's exactly what I would not watch after this tonight. That sounds why it's not Clue. You don't like Clue? It's it's okay, dude. <laughs> I, Clue I is have, an amazing I have, movie. I don't
1: have a hankering to go watch fucking what? Clue. Clue <laughs> is like oh my god, dude. That is such a fucking great movie. When was the last time you watched it? Honestly, probably <laughs> like twenty years. Oh my god, dude seriously out of
0: everything we've talked about though like like all the meatloaf stuff like maybe i'll go watch heavy metal after this all the tim curry stuff maybe i'll go watch home alone too after this i don't know everything that's why you watch clue
1: about. tim curry is the main character in clue but it's meatloaf in clue we don't need meatloaf fuck
0: meatloaf oh easy tiger tim, tim, easy curry, tiger. tim
1: curry is the lead character in clue madeline khan is in clue i mean you got so many classic Actors and oh my god, you gotta watch Clue. But honestly, if you haven't watched it in that okay. long, you'll—I mean, it better crazy. be fucking like, good. It better be fucking good. You gotta watch it, dude. If it really has been that long, you gotta watch it again to give it a fair shake. If it's on
0: one of the social or if it's on one of the, the 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 media streaming sites, I'll watch it tonight.
1: I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty positive it is. I have it on, I have it on Blu-ray, but of course you do, dude. No, <laughs> I mean Clue is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, I don't know who what plays you're Who plays Colonel Mustard? Who plays
0: Colonel Mustard?
1: Colonel Mustard is, uh, is, uh, what's his name from, um, uh, oh my God, what is his name? He's He's been in so many things. He was in Arrested Development. He was in, um, as who? Arrested Development. He plays Gene Parmesan, the the PI, oh, the private investigator. fucking
0: secondary character I don't give a shit about.
1: But yeah, he's not a main character in it. He's not a main character in anything. Oh. He's a great secondary actor. And then, um, Mr. Green is played by, uh, uh, the guy from Spinal Tap, the really, the pop, the really guy, really popular guy from that that comedy troupe. I can't even remember his name right now either. Uh, you know, yeah, I know you would know him. He was in X Files. He was in X Files. He was the remember the episode where, where Mulder and the the F, the CIA agent switch bodies. Yeah, yeah, it's that guy. It's that guy. Oh, and then uh, the singer from Fear is in it. He plays Mr. Body, but he's only in it for like five minutes. But oh, dude. You got to be kidding me! You got to fucking watch Clue. Though, maybe Clue so okay, possible, dude. You like seriously watch it. If you haven't watched it in fifteen twenty years, you got to rewatch it. At least give it another shot. Oh, it's one of the best. There's a whole, it's there's like, a whole bunch of people it, in it, here. It might be like top twenty, top twenty five movies of all time for me. Like I love Clue.
0: Oh, dude, he's, he's in Martin Mole. Like we, you would never, nobody would ever know who the fuck Martin Mole is. But if you saw plays a picture, yeah, he, plays, he plays Colonel Mustard. But like, if you saw his face, you, oh, yeah, I've seen him in a fuck ton of movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. But for sure, nobody I mean, like, knows who fucking Martin
0: Mull is. Yeah, I
1: never know. I never remember his name. But yeah, you know him for sure. Oh, Christopher Lloyd's in it too. Yeah, duh. What am I thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I, I, it's, it's just an all-star cast, and yeah, just it's too so, good. Okay. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> if, it, if it's on a streaming site, I'll watch it tonight. Oh my god. Okay, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about it after. Oh it's on uh it looks like it's on Paramount Plus. So but we'll talk about it after. Um, um
0: I, all I have is a couple more things and I'm good.
1: Okay. There's oh only one god. other song I want to talk about and then we'll wrap it up. Wh- wh- what song? What song? The the t Me. t or the tet touch me. T Tavi. Oh, that was a good book.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was solid. So like like this is a great song. It's fantastic. This is uh, dude. The stupid sound effects when Doctor Scott's wheelchair is coming down the ramp. It's like those old, like <laughs> those old school planes that are like meow, <laughs> yeah, then it explodes. But it's so loud. Like, why did you put it so loud? It's so stupid. But like, that's
1: but that was the point. I that's think. the bootleg of it. It's just yeah, yeah it was like, supposed to be campy. And let's do
0: it over the top. Wild. Like, I love that part. Was so fucking funny. I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> it's really good. Cause I still make that sound, like when people are doing things at work or whatever. I go meow, or if like, I'm going behind somebody, <laughs> meow. It's <laughs> such that's a so good dumb. noise.
1: It's so childish too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think I mean I I think Susan Sarandon I think her voice sounds really good on this entire mo- in this entire movie, and like what you were saying, which I didn't know about, but she was she was a little apprehensive about singing, but I think her voice sounds pretty good i mean it's not like perfect or anything but i, I don't know. i, I think she uh, just i think she just sings in that like stereotypical female register that's everything sounds yeah. okay but it's also nice to to hear something outside of just like the male voice too like it, she's i mean not the only one but i mean well, brad
0: only... too brad the way brad talks and sings he's also a stereotypical male lead yeah, voice there's yeah. nothing exciting about him either
1: that's true that's true but this is a I, I don't know i like this one and and when it goes along with the story too i mean at this point she's already kind of lost her virginity to frankenfurter and at this point she's just like she then she sees the video of of brad with frankenfurter and frankenfurter smoking a cigarette in bed and brad's sitting at like the foot of the bed and she's like what a or she like, she says something like really mean about it she's like i can't believe brad did that and then she goes and has sex with rocky so. With a
0: with a with a non-human thing with like a, a, a yeah. freak. They covered up his belly
1: button a growth.
0: They like put Did makeup. They really? Yeah, they put makeup over his. Because you never noticed that. Because he would not have an umbilical cord, right? As like a, as a freak of nature. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so they yeah, they that... they put makeup over his belly button.
1: <laughs> I never even noticed that. Holy shit. God, and those those
0: those booty shorts that that guy wears are so fucking small. <laughs> like those are the smallest pair of panties I've ever seen. Like on another yeah. human being.
1: They might even be the panties might even be smaller than uh, Tim Curry's in that movie. Oh, for sure. And there's there's
0: <laughs> there's multiple nip slips throughout the entire movie because just oh yeah the tops are too small. I just don't understand how there's no like the nip slip equivalent of like wieners for panties or, that or small. at least
1: a ball or at least some balls. Like, you know? How how like you would think, <laughs> especially it's, when the panties are that small. They're so you think there'd be a ball small slip, slip or something. Small. But that, I remember that there was the big nipple. The big nip slip was when is it the the ending number when they're all on stage and they're singing. And then uh, uh, Columbia, I think it's Columbia, she comes out with the corset and her boobs are just out. Like both boobs are just yeah, out, straight up. You're like what the fuck? Yeah. In the pool, in the pool
0: scene too, like you know something's gonna come out in the pool because yeah, everyone's yeah. like wrestling and goofing off under the pool, laughing. In the pool scene too, there's a bunch of nips that come out in the pool. But the actor that played Rocky recently found those those panties and auctioned oh them off for like sixty thousand dollars <laughs> holy shit and it was the fucking uh which pisses me off the most it was um what's that stupid restaurant that buys memorabilia the
1: oh planet right, hollywood
0: yeah planet fucking hollywood They're, is that even still around i say a couple of years maybe it was longer than a couple of years but yeah no planet hollywood was the one that bought the panties and for 60 oh, to put shit. them in their warehouse I feel like Planet Hollywood <laughs> is probably still around because they have so much assets. They have a lot of assets.
1: I would, they just have a lot of shit. I don't even want to say assets, just stuff. Like, but that's like assets stuff. though. Like
0: that's that's like, yeah, oh the I panties
1: guess. from fucking Rocky and Rocky horror. Like
0: that's that's an asset. <laughs> that's that's worth money.
1: Yeah, I guess Planet Hollywood still exists. At least the one in Vegas, LA, those still exist. Fuck that
0: place. Overpriced shit.
1: Man. Yeah. And their food sucks, man. The dude was Never trash. It. Terrible food. It w- and and Planet Hollywood always, it was always like the bootleg Hard Rock.
0: That's the other one. It was Hard Rock Cafe. That's what I was yeah. thinking of.
1: It's always been like the bootleg Hard Rock. And the hard, and hard Rock Cafe is fucking stupid, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of Hard Rock, this fucking guy, Lou Adler, right? He, he just decides to, to fund the Monterey Pop Festival, and that just so happens to be... Arguably the most iconic picture in rock and roll history is Jimi Hendrix lighting his guitar on fire, which happened yeah, at the Monterey yeah. Pop Festival. And this fucking butt munch Blue Adler funds that and oh, this what this happened, and then pretends like he doesn't know what he's doing with the
1: Rocky Horror Picture Show and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean it did flop though, that's the thing too. The movie did flop really bad. But I think he I think he saw
0: longevity in it. Much like like Hendrix. Like Hendrix, I mean, put on shitty performances. He was sloppy as fuck. But to but to, but to think, you know, there's something about this kid that I think is going to be historic, legendary. I yeah, I, I think I is. think I think Lou Adler has an eye for legends.
1: Or or seeing something that's popular in the underground scene and then taking advantage not advantage, but you know, marketing to the underground scene because Hendrix never had any hits while he was alive he didn't blow up until after he died. Like we talked about on that podcast. Like he was, I mean, musicians loved him or they, they were so blown away by him because they were musicians and they understood his talent. But the layman person listening to pop radio isn't going to hear that. They're going to hear like sloppiness and just kind of trash. Yeah. And I feel like it was kind of the same way with Rocky Horror. Maybe Lou Adler saw like, okay, yeah, I I understand this isn't going to be big, on a, on a mass level, but it's probably going to appeal to uh, a smaller audience, but still a lot of people. Maybe he didn't shoot for the big stars, but he shot for the, I don't know, say a little less. <laughs> I think Lou Adler was
0: in it for the long run. I, I, I think he sees things and says, okay, this is a career rather than a job. He, he's, he sees Rocky Horror Picture Show as, as a 50 year investment as opposed to a three year investment. He sees like the Monterey Pop Festival, which is essentially like a a Woodstock part 2. Everyone the, the p- people that that passed well, Monterey on Woodstock was before Woodstock. But like Woodstock became a thing because like nobody knew what was going to happen. Because Monterey
1: Well yeah, but I mean Monterey was like what, a year or two before? But so so like Woodstock was huge because nobody
0: knew what was going to happen. Like nobody think nobody yeah. thought nobody thought he was going to show up to Woodstock. They they counted for for I don't know 40,000 people right and then, and then half, yeah, a half a million, showed, million up. showed up yeah and so that but like the Monterey Pop Festival they held it they they put it on to be a festival they expected people to show up people showed up and that's fine yeah I get it and that's why it's also iconic but Woodstock is, is an anomaly it's something that will never happen again it happened one time ain't gonna happen again yeah so, yeah but like that's but like that, that guitar sitting on fire with Jimi Hendrix people think that was Woodstock and that's that's completely wrong. It's yeah. wrong, but I don't know. Lou, I, Lou Adler just had a. And speaking of Lou Adler, like Carol King, she worked with Lou Adler a lot, and Carol King was a, was a massive fan of of Rocky Horror Picture Show in the early days. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Carol King is is somebody I've I've heard of many times before, and i I've never really cared about. But now that we started collecting the vinyls. I picked up her album Tapestry, which is I keep telling you it's fucking I mean, you fantastic. See that everywhere.
1: I mean it's, it's it's every fucking record. It is you go into, dude, it's so.
0: a really, really good album. And you listen to it and you're like, holy fuck, I thought this was a this person song. And then you think, oh, I thought this song was a this person song. Like this girl wrote so many <laughs> fucking songs for other people. It's unreal. But yeah, yeah. Carol King was an early supporter. And then she would eventually even dress up as some of the characters, which kind of like spurred everyone else dressing up as these characters. But also yeah. like Keith Moon fucking early early supporter of this rocky horror picture show in england it's so much that he would buy all the cast members bottles of champagne whenever he would he would go to the show so the cast members would say like oh if we went to our dressing rooms and there was fucking 11 bottles of champagne we knew keith moon was in the crowd (laughs) like
1: come on how fucking cool cool is that (laughs) That it's so cool man
0: and like the the original (laughs) person who they wanted to play eddie was elvis the Elvis was slated to play Eddie before Meatloaf. And it didn't work out, but like Elvis went to a bunch of shows and Meatloaf met Elvis a bunch of times and was like, Holy fuck, what do you say to Elvis?
1: Yeah, I know. Especially at (laughs) that point, you know, by nineteen seventy three to seventy five. What do you fucking say to Elvis? (laughs) Like not I mean he's past his prime obviously, but But it's Elvis. I mean at that point, yeah, he's a legend at that point. Like he's past his prime but he's a fucking legend. And and,
0: wow. and meatloaf also in that one that thing that I saw. He said he met Raquel Raquel Welch one time, and, uh-huh. and he was said he was he was in his like skivvies essentially because he's all dressed up for the for the play and he sees her walking down the dressing room aisle and it's Raquel Welch like she's iconic yeah. in her own and and he calls her by the wrong name he says some other name and she kind of stops and looks at him like looks him up and down. This is according to meatloaf here. And and she looks him up and down and just says like, says something along the lines of "That's not my fucking name," and then just walks away. But like Meatloaf just took that as like "Holy fuck!" I just talked to Raquel Welch. Like he was he was like a fanboy. He was so excited. But it's like
1: because well, wasn't she like well she was like a like a like a um like a sex goddess of yeah, the yeah she was right? a like pinup was girl like, dude in the sixties pin- yeah absolutely she was, yeah.
0: But <laughs> like, like, Land of the Lost status, like, all those fucking, like, scantily clad, like, looks like her clothes Damn. have been torn by a dinosaur, pinup girls. <laughs> but, like, Meatloaf was just so excited to have met, like, a, a star, and, like, don't forget this is well before, like, Bad Out of Hell, he blew up, and he's out there, like, in fish nets and underwear, and he calls some major fucking sex icon by the wrong name, and she makes fun of him for it, it's just... Man, it's look at <laughs> watching plays in in Hollywood in in like the seventies and sixties and seventies and early eighties, like that's that's why LA was the best. That's why LA was the best. Well, well. that's why it was the
1: best. I wouldn't go that far.
0: It, it was the best. It was the best. LA in the seventies to early eighties was the best. The best, Jerry. The best, the Jerry, best. Jerry. The best. <laughs> literally the best.
1: And then I okay. So so real quick too. Uh, what kind of annoyed me was like whoever I forgot who the costume designer was. Whatever, they said um, like what what they created on in this movie was the predecessor to punk rock fashion, and I think that's fucking stupid. It's stupid because punk of rock all, was
0: before that. It was well before this. And punk rock
1: was stupid anyway. I mean, I mean, punk in the seventies was fucking dumb. It Really was. Well. I mean, outside of the Clash, I mean, and the Misfits. I mean, punk kind of sucked well. in the seventies. The Velvet Underground was punk, and they're fantastic. Well, oh, the Velvet Underground were kind of garbage for the most part. They had Like one good
0: record. Jesus fucking but, Christ! Um, Your mouth just says things that are just so <laughs>
1: stupid. But but you know what? I, but you know what I mean? Like I get it. it's I get a really it. stupid thing for her to, for them to say. Or it was it's, her? Right? I forgot her name now.
0: It's it, it's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty. Let me capitalize yeah. on what happened and pretend that it was intentional. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. It's not like you, you, you guys made a movie that you thought would be funny. It turned into a, a cult phenomenon and you tried to backtrack and say you did it intentionally. No, you did it to be a dick. You did it to, to make fun of things, to make fun of other people's hard work, actually. Because those B movies, a lot of the B movies were like legitimate movies that people thought would be big and ended up being terrible. Yeah. So you, you yeah, some of them were, yeah. You, you essentially made a, a mockery of people's like work. Like that's, that's what you did.
1: Very, very true. Because like, yeah, it wasn't an homage. It was, it was, it was
0: a parody uh, essentially. But this was before parodies were like wildly accepted as as being like
1: okay. Which, it was before like the airplane movie. Like airplane was like the what parody movies are now. You know that was that was the beginning of what we know as a parody movie was airplane, and that was like nineteen eighty eighty one. But
0: I would, I would, I would for sure say airplane was yeah that was like early early eighties.
1: But I would for I sure say like airplane
0: was probably. It was probably like the best example of, of, of a movie where it's like, Okay, now now I get it. We we have a guy that's directing the movie, producing the movie, that loves the movies he's parroting and doing it in a tactful way, in a respectful way, but still they're, they're making fun of all being of it, so
1: stupid. Yeah, just being outrageously stupid about. But it But
0: still being respectful because you know he's seen all the movies he's making fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. Rocky Horror, like, they're, like they made fun of fucking Day, uh, Day of the Earth Stood Still, all of these movies, uh, King Kong. It's like I, don't, I, I find it hard to believe that they've seen all of these movies, all these
1: B movies that they're making fun of.
0: I don't know. <laughs> just seems it's impossible. Uh, whatever. I don't know. For whatever that's worth.
1: All right. Uh so do we have anything anything else i I mean I'm not gonna play the the touch me song. <clears throat> do we wanna talk about anything else? Do we wanna wrap it up? What do you think
0: uh no no that's uh that's all I really got for my notes here okay all the good stuffs
1: all right i mean i I'm sure we missed quite a bit I mean, considering how crazy and rabid the fan base for this movie is, I'm sure we missed a lot, but you know honestly, we've had a couple days to do this and it's not a perfect movie, so we're not going go to go to Not at you, all. But whatever. I I feel like we we gave this we gave this movie the soundtrack a fair shake, a very fair shake. So, with that, uh, what are your final thoughts? And uh, and then after your final thoughts, we're gonna we're gonna rate the movie based off of our three point rating system, where three is a perfect movie, two is a good movie. You're going to continue to listen to or watch or fucking our movie. What am I talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Let's start this one over. Let's start this one over. Rewind. Holy shit, the whole whole episode. Whoa. Rewind that rewind. We're going to redo the whole episode, all two hours (laughs) of this. Um, So we're going to rate the soundtrack with our world-famous three-point rating system, where three is a perfect album, perfect soundtrack. Two is a good one you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad one, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So with that... What are your final thoughts and your rating? Go. Mm. So, like, rating a soundtrack is difficult because,
0: like, do I rate it on a scale of, if I gave this to a person who has never even heard of Rocky Horror, I gave it to him and said, hey, what do you think? Like, am I rating yeah. it off of that? Am I rating it off of someone who's seen it once, who's seen it 100 times, who's seen it Let's once say- but, like, knows, like, the nuance to it, who's seen it 100 times but doesn't, like, I don't, there's, there's all these... There's all these factors that go into a it. A lot of factors, yeah. And they all and they all play like an equal role. Like honestly, they do. Because giving this this soundtrack to somebody who's like a rock and roll historian but who's never even heard of this movie is gonna think like oh, this is not a bad fucking like adaptation of like early fifties rock and roll. This is cool. I dig this. But then giving it to, to like a sixteen year old now who only likes trap music, who's never heard of this, he's gonna think this is fucking dumb.
1: So <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. No, we're no you're gonna you're gonna rate this on your thoughts on your feelings on how you feel about it like take take society out of it and and its relevance to society you gotta this is this is what how that's, you the feel problem, about it. that's the problem
0: though that's the problem though i can't I can't separate the two i don't i'm not uh I'm not objective enough to separate the the, the yolk from the egg here because <laughs> The greatness, the greatness, I just made that up. You can can patent that. That's really stupid. (laughs) I don't even eat eggs either. I fucking hate eggs. Eggs are disgusting. I don't know what the fucking yolk is. It makes it even dumber. (laughs) Is it yolk the white part or the the orange part? I don't even know what the fucking yolk is. (laughs) I I literally haven't eaten an egg in like fucking 10 years. Eggs
1: are so nasty. You're you're so weird, man. Maybe more. Maybe
0: 15, 20
1: years. Just like you haven't seen Clue in 20 years, but okay. Yeah, that Um, makes sense. Concludes a bad movie eggs.
0: Dude, eggs are gross. You're eating like a fucking chicken's menstruation, dude. That's disgusting. You fucking eat chicken Chicken
1: nuggets. Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here with your disgusting... You're disgusted with eggs. You fucking chicken nuggets. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you eat hot dogs. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my here. God. Are you kidding me? I love hot I ate hot dogs two days ago. I, I love hot dogs. Dude, I love hot dogs, too. Oh, I love,
0: love hot, hot dogs. dogs. I, I legit have not eaten an egg in probably... Actually, the last time I ate an egg was when I worked in Mexico with Palmer, and that was 2008. eight, two thousand Yeah, 2008. So the last time I ate an egg was 2008. It was a wow. fried egg. I, I burned the shit out of both sides and put it between two pieces of toast and stomached it because that was <laughs> breakfast.
1: You're such a baby, dude. Eggs? Or, do you eat eggs? <laughs> you're such a baby. I eat scrambled eggs. Oh, dude. Eat sc- I mean, I, I really like scrambled eggs. I like get oh. a breakfast burrito especially. First Come of all, they, the s- they of smell
0: here. like farts. They're all fucking rubbery. They, no, they don't. Oh, dude. They don't. they don't smell like farts. They're fucking disgusting. Okay, Mr. Chicken Nugget. Chicken menstruation is what you're eating. Call, call them what they are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't <clears throat> give a fuck. So, I don't give a fuck what
1: it is. It tastes good.
0: So anyway, I, 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 it's hard to separate. Are we reading the movie? the soundtrack what are we rating here what do you no to- we're
1: doing we're doing the soundtrack we're doing the music and the soundtrack we're not we obviously talked about the movie a lot because we have to but we're talking about the soundtrack here
0: i love rock and roll music when we did the the, the richie valens episode i have a very very yeah. high tolerance for rock and roll music american rock and roll music from the 50s I, I think it's the bees knees i i think it's so fucking good i think it's amazing so given all that, like I think the soundtrack is amazing because it's very much taken from the 50s rock and roll era, probably from when Richard O'Brien was like growing up listening to like rock and roll music in the 60s from the 50s, and he's probably trying to write a musical while incorporating that subconscious rock and roll 50s era of him growing up with kind of like... The counterculture in the late sixties, going into the seventies. So I think there's two different generations here that he's writing a musical for, and I I, I dig that. I I I love it. I think it's great. Like soundtrack right. on its own, but it's like it means nothing without the movie. Honestly, the soundtrack means okay, nothing without fine. the movie. Then then rate it with the movie. That's fine. Okay, I I will. You can rate it however you want. It doesn't matter. All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> movie on its own, two out of three.
1: Easy. Okay, all right.
0: Movie on its own, two out of three. It's not it's not a great movie. It's it's the plot dumb. Everything about it is pretty the stupid plot dumb. The plot dumb. The plot dumb. No, the plot is not dumb. The plot is the plot dumb. That's it. The plot the dumb. The plot dumb. The plot dumb.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you fucking idiot. Is that even what I said? I don't even feel <laughs> like I said that. Did I say that? You really
1: did say the plot oh dumb. <laughs> plot dumb. <laughs>
0: I don't want to waste words. Words are like bullets. I don't want to waste them. Oh shit. This so, is so, stupid. so the movie I'm giving it a <clears> 2 <throat> out of 3. The soundtrack honestly by like on its own. 2.25 yeah. out of 3.
1: Okay. So so you know, we kind of the but aggregate is, here is like 2.10, 2.15. 2.15. Point,
0: but, like this is one of those t- those times where like the sum is greater than his parts, because you put these two things together and it creates something iconic, it creates something that's really, really, really fucking good and i I think as a whole, like somebody watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show and listening to the music at the same time is going to have their fucking minds blown as opposed to I don't know why you ever would, but watching the show the movie on mute. Or listening to the record by itself because on, on their yeah. own that's just kind of stupid but together we're talking like 2.8 because okay here we go that, that's after all that
1: we, we get to two point there's a lot of
0: build-up, kid there's a lot of backstory. <laughs> there's a lot of backstory. George Lucas made fucking three whole movies of backstory plus the Clone Wars plus the rebels plus, I mean come on the backstory's important. Okay. you tell me backstory's not important Are you joking my ass? I I didn't say that you're just you're just talking. I didn't say that. Jesus Christ, dude! Episode one, <laughs> two, three, Rogue One, Solo, Clone Wars, Rebels—like, uh, list goes on. Are You telling me backstory is not important? No, it is. I didn't say that. Jesus, that's all I am trying to do.
1: <laughs> all right, two point eight. That—that's—that's your—that's your final verdict. That's my final
0: verdict, and that—I mean—that's really because together they are amazing. But like the—I will say again. If you took out Tim Curry from this movie, this movie would be shit, honestly. Yeah, it'd it'd be be trash. Shit. it would be shit. It would be trash. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, my, my final thoughts. Uh, I, mean, make, I mean, you, me you touched upon every everything. everything you say
0: here now. Go ahead. You touched upon everything after all that, <laughs>
1: that, that long-winded explanation about it. Mean, let, let me pick apart every fucking word that comes out of your fucking mouth. What? <laughs> let,
0: me, let, me, let me sit here and pick apart every fucking word that comes out of your mouth.
1: Go. Go. <laughs> no, I'm not picking it apart. I agree with everything you said, but. I'm just gonna give it one rating. I'm not gonna give it three different ratings.
0: <laughs> I gave it one rating. I mean, two
1: point eight aggregate, <laughs> ba- based off of you know everything we already talked about, and then what you just said. I mean, I'm not gonna go over all that again, obviously, but I'm gonna give this a two point seven five. It's far from perfect, but you have to have, like you said, you have to have one with the other. You can't do them separately. It just doesn't make sense. Like if you were to do the movie without the music, the movie would be like a one but the music is so much it adds so much to it and it's so necessary that it, it bumps up to a point 2.2 point, to a 2.75 so
0: okay okay
1: okay I don't know that that's my that's my my final thought on that okay one. so uh yeah that, that's all that's all we got for Rocky Horror I mean like I said at the beginning of the episode this is very last minute we probably could have added more in here um so anybody listening who really loves Rocky Horror fucking deal with it I mean I don't I care at this point we're two hours we're two hours deep I don't I don't care but I know we have one one listener that like
0: loves Rocky Horror
1: oh really okay
0: yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what they would think
1: yeah I, I'm too I like I wonder what we kind of really missed out on and, and didn't bring up but um but yeah whatever who cares I enjoyed myself this episode this is actually th- to me I feel like this ended up way better than I was expecting it to so I'm stoked on it um Thank you all for listening. Uh, go to Apple podcast, you know, all, the whole the whole thing. Rate, review and subscribe and keep on listening to all your friends, family and um, yeah, that's it. That's all. Well, shoot, cre- that's a good pill
0: too. Quoi that's how the uh, oh, okay, local split pronounce it like that is that really how it's pronounced no i don't i don't know why <laughs> i even said that it doesn't even sound correct at all it doesn't at all
1: So <laughs> no mirror pond but um Dude, this good this is this is better than mirror pond oh you're an idiot you haven't even had a mirror pond before get the fuck out of here <laughs> uh what was i gonna i forgot what i was gonna say i know what you're gonna say I, What?
0: (laughs) This is not even a banger for me. That's because you're an idiot, but that's fine. (laughs) 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 Like through it's good rock and roll. Yeah, good rock and roll. roll. There's nothing wrong with this. This should be your two B. You are stupid if you think otherwise. You probably have a gash in your head from falling down and hitting your head on the dumb (laughs) rock that you fell on. But so like that's why you watch Clue.
1: Tim yeah. Curry is the main character in Clue. But it's Meatloaf in Clue. We don't need Meatloaf. Fuck Meatloaf. Well before this. And punk rock was stupid anyway. I mean, I mean, punk in the 70s was fucking dumb. It really was. Well, I mean, outside of the Clash, I mean, and the Misfits, I mean, punk kind of sucked well, in the 70s. The Velvet Underground was punk and they were fantastic. Well, the Velvet Underground were kind of garbage for the most part. They had like one good record. Jesus fucking but, crazy. Um, Your mouth just says things that are just <laughs> so stupid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that makes um, sense. Clue's a bad movie. In eggs, dude, eggs are you're eating like a fucking chicken's menstruation, dude. That's disgusting. You fucking
1: eat chicken chicken nuggets? Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here with your disgusting! You're disgusted with eggs. You fucking chicken nuggets. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's the
0: plot dumb. Everything about it is pretty the stupid. Plot dumb. The, the plot plot dumb. No, the plot is not dumb. The plot is the plot dumb. That's it. The plot the dumb. Plot dumb. <laughs> the plot dumb.
1: The plot dumb. You fucking idiot. Is that even what I said? I don't even feel like I said that. Did I say that? You really did say the plot oh,
0: dumb. The <laughs> plot dumb. <laughs> I don't want to waste words. Words are like bullets. I don't want to waste them.